welcome to a special edition of the Mashes Buttons Mashcast. I am Jarrett, and I'm here with the scourge of Iron Forge and games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. You know, I don't know if I have too much to defend right now. I, th- I think the games industry is in a relatively good place. God hey, damn it, Nick, doing? you ruined my joke. I was going to go and say the same thing. Like, I don't think <laughs> how much defending you have to do because we just came off of an awesome E3. Yes, so thanks, we did. Thanks for ruining that. Thank you. Yes, it was excellent, excellent, and excellent. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. We just came off of one of the best E3s in years, and that's primarily because Microsoft has pulled their heads out of their asses. I, I I am putting this on Microsoft's shoulders. They were the missing piece to having an amazing E3. Don't say well. I, so I guess you're saying that the Microsoft won E3. Then I know we should we should kind of wait maybe till no, the no, end. No, no, I'm not saying that. Start. I'm just saying because they were they were actually a factor. This E3 it just made it that much better. Out of Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, would you say any of them lost E3? Lost E3? No. Like, I, I mean, don't... obviously, you, you can make an argument like one may have had a, you know, one may have done better than the other. But I feel like that's kind of the, the direction we'd be going in is that they all had good E3s. But, it, you know, at that point, it becomes a question of degrees of good. Whereas there was nobody who ha- there was nobody who, like, fell on their face this year. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it feels like. Yes. Everybody, good showing from just about everybody all the way around. <laughs> Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but we got a lot to cover, so let's kind of get right into it. Let's talk. Let's start with Microsoft. They, out of the big three, they were the first to go. And uh, Nick, do you have any? What do you think about the conference in general? In general, um, in general, I, I think if anything, you have to look at what, what Phil Spencer has done. Um, you know, as the head of, of uh, Xbox, and. I think he's been the steward that Xbox has needed. Uh, I mean, even then, like, you know, from when he, he took over and he kind of, you know, he reached out to, to kind of fix some of the this, the, uh, the situation with the indie developers and, and kind of smooth that over a bit. Um, and even then, ju- just in general, I, I think he's been he's been a great ambassador for Xbox. Um, you know, you know his, his praise of, of Rare and then kind of pushing, you know, them for, for some of the development projects there. I know they only announced what was it the uh, their their big uh, anthology collection, um, which isn't really that. I mean, that's cool. I mean, it's not like a super great like you know like it's not like a new Battletoads game or anything like that. But it's still right. cool to be able to play Battletoads again. Um, but I think. I feel like the success of Xbox this year is really, you know, I think all credit goes to Phil Spencer. Yeah, Phil Spencer is definitely, there's a noted change from, you know, last year. I don't believe, yeah, is it last year? Like, when did he actually take over? That was, that was like close to the end of last year. That was like, um, I think in the fourth quarter, correct? Uh, no, I, I want to say he was. I want to say he was in charge last year too, but I think he had only recently taken over. So I mean, it's one of it's one of those situations where I think the longer that he's in charge, the more we're kind of seeing him, you know, kind of put his stamp. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it was late March, late yeah. March 2014. So yeah, it's 20. been, you know, been a little over a year, and I, I you know, I, I think that's that's kind of the key is that. You know, you're not going to make a you're not going to make an impact at last year's E3, given that you've only had three months to get comfortable in the position. Right. Yeah. I mean, now this is you know it, it's like a coach in football. 
like you kind of can't give him credit for that first, you know, especially if, you know, he comes in like as an interim coach, like, you know, he's got to clear out all the other guys crap before he can really put a stamp on the team. And it's the same thing here that this was like the first full Phil Spencer E3 experience. Um, yeah. And after I, having like a full year to do yeah. what he needs to do. Yeah. I mean, I even appreciated, and we'll get to that later, but when he showed up at the PC, uh, the, the PC gaming uh, briefing, Absolutely. Like, oh, hey. That was a surprise. Yeah. That was and it wasn't because, I mean, Microsoft was partially supporting that event, but at the same time, like, yeah, like, no, I don't think anybody was expecting that. You know what a big surprise was when he said that we've made missteps when it came to PC? Like, flat out admitted it. Yes. And, and yeah. And that's, yeah. And, and I mean, that, that takes, that takes guts. That, that's leadership to admit, you know, admit your company's flaws. But you can also get away with that, though, when you know that you're not really talking about your own actions. You're just talking about the company in general and specifically yeah. those of you know, the actions of your predecessors. Well, yeah, that guy before me, what a dumbass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're absolutely right. But yeah, I think um, Microsoft, the best thing about their show was that they didn't talk about services once. No. Not one fucking service and that is amazing i they mean my, my i'm sorry go ahead nick i just want to say they also didn't mention the connect they also did not mention the connect not one time you were 100 right about that uh it just feels like microsoft they, they started dropping the e3 ball i mean before the xbox one was even released you know like we're talking i mean e3 2011 2012 when you know they were talking like, the the new when the the new my um, interface was coming out the one that was you know better for advertisers and you know movie and music services and they were heavy on the connect you know all that stuff that's when they really started in my opinion losing favor because i you know in terms of consoles i hopped over to the playstation to, to, to the playstation camp before they even announced the new consoles yeah you know and th- that was me, an Xbox user, who the first thing I did every day when I came home was turn on my Xbox. It was the first thing I did as I was walking to my bedroom. You know, and that, that changed because of how they changed the uh, the interface, and it just it just wasn't great anymore. Which, that that's actually ironic, given that that's kind of what they want you to do, is they want you to come in and turn your Xbox on and then use that as the hub for all your entertainment. But your entertainment is so games-focused that once the console diluted that, it, it actually lost that value for you. Absolutely, 100%. Even, like, just going through the interfaces and getting to my games, uh, such as my indie titles or my downloadable titles, it was such a pain in the ass, you know? And then just for years after that, they, especially when the Xbox One came out, it just felt like, they just glazed over gamers, especially core gamers, to more of the casual gamer or the dude bro, the person who only plays like one or two games a year but still likes to play fantasy football, <laughs> you know. And this year, no, complete turnaround, complete focus on gamers, core gamers, hardcore gamers with that Xbox Elite controller. Yes. Changeable yes. components, paddles on the back, remappable controls, hair, uh, hair trigger locks. The yes. fuck, man! Like that's that. When I, that, I, I'm actually looking forward to that controller. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that controller because now somebody can make some accessories that fit my big ass thumbs. Yeah, because that's the problem I have with the Xbox controller now is that my like you know the thumbsticks are too small. In my opinion, it's like they're for children. So the real question now is when is Sony gonna make compatibility with the Xbox One Elite controller? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's just one of the things I enjoyed. The, the conference started off um, 
actually, I, you know what I thought was funny with that beginning video? When they were showcasing their best franchises or their, their top tier franchises? Yeah. They showed Halo twice. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Because, like, the, when they did the, the little flip at the end there, where they showed the face and then they moved to the side view and behind the head oh, was yeah, like yeah, a little yeah. scene thing. The first person was Spartan Locke. The yeah. last person was Master Chief. Well, that's 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 not necessarily, you know, they're not doing it twice. That's just bookending. That's just like good, like oh, they're coming around. It's a that, that games industry public defending kicking in right now. You hear this, <laughs> right, folks? No, I no, I, no. Here's, I mean, I agree. I thought that to me, that felt like a an end of sh- end of conference uh, presentation. That little like, oh, here we're gonna sum up real quickly to whatever, you know, to some some you know music. As far as, you know, here's like everything you just saw. And I, I was a little surprised they started off with that, like showing like, here's a bunch of games. And I guess that was mostly games like you knew where you were going to see anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought I, I, I thought that was a strong, a strong, uh, a strong presentation. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I just thought it was funny at the beginning. And they did start. I mean, like Halo wasn't a surprise. I remember when they tried to keep Halo 4 a secret and then it got leaked like the morning of. And they still try to make it this big reveal, and almost nobody clapped when they revealed it. But, you know, Halo 5, actually, they've been doing a huge marketing campaign for it. Uh, podcasts and all that types of stuff. Yeah. And um, the Halo 5 Guardians was the first game that they showed. Yeah. Uh, they showed the four-player co-op, which, to my understanding, not, it's not just like you're going to have four Spartans on the field, but you're going to have four Spartans with different abilities and weapons and specialties. Was that was that Nate Nathan Fillion in there? Yes, it was. God damn it! <laughs> and that ca- that character is actually from ODST. Really? I didn't know he was in that too. Yeah, they, I forget the name of the character. I didn't like ODST, so I can't. I just remember the voice. But yeah, characters from ODST. Uh, that's Nathan Fillion, and now his face is just more defined. You know? Yeah, yeah, because it even looked like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you don't think it looked like him? No, I said it did look like him. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought said it didn't look like him. I was like, what? Oh. Um, but, yeah, so the game, like, I, I think both sides, because you're going to be able to play as Chief and as Locke, but the game focuses on squad-based combat, which is new for Halo, uh, because even when you don't when you don't have four people playing, from what I read, you'll still have four uh, players on the field or four uh, characters on the field. And if you're by yourself, you just control, like, you send commands to the other guys. You know, um, yeah, that's that's one of those things like because it seemed like the dialogue for like, hey, go here and hey, go there. Like that seemed very well integrated into the game. And I'm not sure. I guess I'm curious as far as when the, when we actually get to, this, to see the gameplay, like how how much of that dialogue is it actually like, OK, you come with me and you two go that way. Like how much of that dialogue is actually going to carry through or how much of that was kind of for the trailer? Right. Yeah. So like that's different for the Halo franchise because I know on Chief's side he's working with Blue Team, and I'm not gonna really gonna get into what or who Blue Team is, but if you are a Halo fan, but if you're a fan of the Halo lore, you should know who Blue Team is and why that's important. And on the Chief side, it's gonna be the same thing where he has three uh, additional players on his side, and you know when you play as them, those specific characters are gonna have specific weaponry, armor, uh. Um, attack you know special attacks and stuff like that um and actually this game has jetpacks now so uh, for as much as i loathe i shouldn't say not loathe destiny but like you know 
for as much as as I uh, air out my complaints for Destiny, <laughs> you, you have a monthly podcast just for doing that. Yes, <laughs> it seems like people are following because that game has jet like in Halo, like the the characters have jetpacks. Um, Star Wars Battlefront jetpacks. Wait, Destiny has jetpacks? Well, yeah, well, you could you, you can double jump in the air. You, those are basically oh. jetpacks. Oh yeah, you're right. I your, glide, your gliding ability, basically yeah. jetpacks for movement. Oh, I didn't even realize there was like a jetpack. I just thought that I just I was just special. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow, Nick. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so, it's, if, if, if it had said like use your jetpack, I'd be like, oh, but no, it's called it's like magic floaty device. Magic, magic floaty, floaty device. <laughs> yeah, but it's basically a jetpack. Yeah. Um, one thing that I didn't like was the fact that like. Like where they show Locke doing like this grand, like this this round pound or this like slam down, where you got to aim on some enemies, which is definitely something that you see in Destiny. But so are you uh, saying Locke's a titan? Yeah, like he did like a titan move basically, and I'm I was I didn't like that because I'm like oh boy, that's gonna be in PvP and that's gonna be or that's gonna be a multiplayer that's gonna be fucking cheesy. What well, other type of cheese are they gonna have in this game? Well, if if three four three is basically cribbing all their stuff from Bungie's Destiny, isn't this all stuff that would have wound up in Halo anyway? Then, if Bungie had just kept it, no, because three four three is doing a much better job with Halo <laughs> than Bungie ever did. So, so no, I don't think so. Um, and somebody is going to have a lot to say about what I just said. <laughs> There's going to be some mat- moss disagreements. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't like that because I'm like, well, cause I know the other characters probably have something similar, um, and I'm like, well, you know, what's the criteria for using it? How often can it be used? Can you use it in multiplayer? I'd rather not, you know, because it's just gonna add cheese to the game. Uh, one thing I did notice was that the the areas in general just felt bigger. They felt so, they felt a lot bigger. I think that's in part to the fact that. They had to be bigger so that you can have four people, you know, playing through and not feel crowded. Mm. You know, like these, uh, Halo's always been pretty good at creating arenas for you to fight in. Like, you know, and for those who aren't really familiar with the term, that's when you go into a certain area and there's structures in the way, there's high points, there's low points, there's cover, there's all these, you know, different areas. Uh, where you can like move around, like you don't just have. It's not like a Call of Duty where you just have to go forward in one area. You know what I'm saying? You just go forward, or you go left, or you go right. But you can actually go left, right, up, down, back, forward, and 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 nothing. It, the area doesn't open up until the fight's finished. That's like an arena, and these arenas seem pretty large. It was actually it was actually pretty nice to see that. So I like that. And I did spot some creatures from Halo Nightfall. So I actually need to finish Halo Nightfall. I'm like, I have like a, two episodes like two episodes left in Halo Nightfall. But I did notice the creatures from Halo Nightfall were in the trailer at the end. So I'm very curious. I am very curious. And I guess I did expose a bit more about the story because you knew that uh, Locke is after Chief because he's they, they, somebody, they think he's a traitor. Chief went missing. And then that thing that the uh, the forerunner said at the end that said the chief was invited and you weren't or something like that. Something to that effect. Okay. It definitely uh, puts more light on the story. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Halo. I'm looking forward to Halo. Um, which is 
we it feels a little weird because it's my first time looking forward to a Halo. Because even when Halo Four came out, I was like, meh. You know, I got it and I loved it. Uh, also, they they uh, made sure to to show the new Warzone, I guess, uh, multiplayer, uh, not map, but the multiplayer uh, mode. Where it's twelve on twelve, the maps are four times the size of normal Halo maps. It's basically like Battlefield meets Halo, from what I can understand. That's what it feels like. Battlefield meets Halo. So that that's pretty cool. I know Nick, you're not much of a shooter fan, so you're probably like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. agreeing. Yeah, so I thought that was good. Uh, but after, right after Halo, they showed a, a trailer for a new game called Recore. Which I don't think they should. They didn't really show much end game about it, unless no. those graphics were end game, which possibly could be. Um, I don't on think PC that didn't <laughs> see it. Well, it didn't seem like it was that advanced that they 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 couldn't be in game. I mean, they were nice graphics, but they weren't like super impressive. Like, yeah. But. From what I can tell, uh, the way the game plays is there's a bunch of robots. You know, like robot enemies, and you have robot ally. And you can take the core from your robot ally and put it into different robots, and that and using the the core and different robots will give you access to different robots in your, in your companion. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Um, didn't look like any RP, anything RPG ish. Looked very action oriented. Yeah. So uh, yeah, looking for it's spring twenty sixteen. I'm looking for more information on that. I was uh, I'll admit I was a little surprised that the little dog robot died but then when they they did that to show like oh but you can take like basically it seemed like you could take like his soul and then put it in the big robot and now you've got like a gorilla companion yes <laughs> so it's like oh okay that's cool and, but i was kind of hoping that the gorilla companion would still move like a dog because i'm curious like if you find like a, a human ai that can like talk like i feel like it's gonna be like dude why did you leave me as a dog for so long like what the <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like they can play with that there but yeah that looks like a cool cool mechanic yeah. Uh, right after that, they announced the Xbox One backward compatibility, which I watched the conference like a day late, and there were people talking about it, and they're like, oh, it's only 100 titles at launch, more to come. And I'm like, okay, fine, we'll see. And But the I think it was, uh, when I actually watched the conference, I think they downplayed that by a lot. Yeah. Simply because nobody told me it included all digital titles. Well, well, I don't. I don't know if they downplayed it necessarily because I, I think the one thing that they did kind of say is that they don't. They don't feel like charging you to play games you already own. Oh yeah, which that was that was an ex- explicit shot at Sony. But dude, oh that was that that they definitely shot a, a shot uh, fired a shot at Sony's head on that one. But I'm not even talking like me. I don't care about the backup compatibility of the actual disc based games because I traded all my Xbox games in because they said backward compatibility wasn't coming. Yeah. So I don't care about that. What I do care about is my Xbox Live Arcade library. Yes. That is what I am excited for. If my Xbox Live Arcade library, because they said as digital titles become available, if you already own them, they will show up on your Xbox One. If I, if, you know, because this is coming in December. Yeah. If in December I turn on my Xbox One and I see a bunch of my digital titles from the uh, my Xbox 360, me and Microsoft will have officially made up at that point. <laughs> Are you going to dim the lights and put the put the music on there and just kind of... <laughs> I was like, look, you know, I said some things, you did some things. 
but I think we're all better now. I think we're stronger <laughs> for it. Because at that, at that point, because you know me, I'll go either way, whether it be Sony or Microsoft in terms of consoles, because my, my one true love is the PC. These are just my side joints. <laughs> wow, you know, you know, that's my true love right there. But um, yeah, like me and Microsoft will have officially made up, and then maybe I don't know the Nash cast will be a bit more upbeat <laughs> when that happens. But I thought that was that was pretty big. Microsoft made a big move there. Phil Spencer knows he has to make big moves. He can't just do the same thing that Sony's doing. Yeah. You know, especially later. You can't just follow the leader. You got to do something new. You got to make people want your Xbox, you know? So uh, after that, that's when they talked about the Xbox Elite controller. I thought that was a great, great idea. They also mentioned, and they didn't talk about it, but they mentioned game streaming to Windows 10. They, I, I, thought, I, I, I thought the game streaming would work from Windows 10 to the Xbox, but there's a... if. The way they said it, it sounded like game streaming would work to Windows 10. Like you could stream something from your Xbox to your PC. Maybe it if, goes both ways. If that's the case, oh, the Xbox is going to be like that. I think that's a huge boon, especially for people like me with a PC and an Xbox, because I'd pop Halo in my console and then play it on my PC. As, if I could, as long as I can use like keyboard and mouse, if, if that input's possible, dude. Fuck it. I would totally do it. Wasn't wasn't Windows 10, and maybe this is like an old rumor that got debunked, wasn't Windows 10 supposed to like natively play like Xbox games? That was a, yeah, that was a rumor. Okay. But that would have been an awesome, that would have been an awesome feature. That would have been an awesome feature, but then they would have been really cutting into their Xbox sales. So. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah, they would have that's... really been cutting into their Xbox sales. Uh, not to mention, then every Xbox game would expect mouse and keyboard support. Uh, not with that Elite controller. Just plug that into your uh, your PC. You're good to go. No, no, no. The Elite controller is like getting, you know, you know how when somebody, and I don't want to sound insensitive, but I probably will, so I'm just going to own up to it. So you know how when somebody doesn't have legs, right? <laughs> I don't and... see how this is insensitive <laughs> at all. Okay. <laughs> so when somebody doesn't have legs, right? Um, they can get the prosthetic leg put on, but or they can get like the sport prosthetic leg. Yes. The elite controller is the sport prosthetic leg. <laughs> uh, so you're so you're you're saying that you would that if given the chance given the chance you you would prefer the mouse and keyboard. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Especially especially for shooters. Like I like you know I played on mouse and keyboard for so long that I can play pretty much every game. Or any game on a mouse and a keyboard. Um, like, only games I think still really require, like, a controller is, like, racing games. I wonder if you can configure it. Admittedly, I mean, it all looked like fairly simple hardware pieces. You, you weren't, like, really interfacing with the device, so to say. But I have to wonder if somebody can't figure out how to, like, take that Xbox Elite controller and get it so you can just plug a mouse and keyboard directly into that and take over that way. Well, somebody already has. They, there are modifications out there that will allow you to plug a mouse and a keyboard into an Xbox 360, excuse me, an Xbox 360 or an Xbox One. Uh, but they are very, very third party and very, very not recommended. Like, I've heard stories of them shorting out, you know, the buses and stuff like that. So that's why I don't bother. I, I mean, I can play with a, uh, I can play with a controller. 
but I prefer to play with mouse and keyboard. You know what prepared me for that? Emulators. Super NES emulators. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had no choice at the time. Like, it was hard. It, even if you got an emulator that had controller support, it was actually hard to get the things to work sometimes. Yeah. So you just mouse and keyboard it up, and now I'm a pro. But yeah, mouse and keyboard, especially for shooters. And that's primarily, you know, my thing, you know? So these these ex- console-exclusive first-person shooters, third-person shooters, I'd much rather play them with mouse and keyboard. But then when you play mouse and keyboard, like let's say multiplayer versus somebody who is using a controller, dude, they have a huge disadvantage now. Yeah. Huge disadvantage. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's, um, let's go on. Let's see. What else? Oh, Fallout 4. Uh, how, how many different people have Fallout 4 to do this? Well, it was definitely Bethesda and Microsoft had it. But who else? Did, there was somebody else that talked about it? I think, they, did they show up at the PC gaming conference? I, I can't remember. I just watched that I think today. They, they were everywhere. <laughs> they were everywhere, yeah. So, Fallout 4, um, which we'll talk about. I think we're gonna talk. We'll talk about more about yeah, Fallout I, Four at for, or the, or the Bethesda conference. Yeah. But the thing that I thought was huge, and another you know slash at Sony, you know, is that Fallout Four mods on PC are available for free on Xbox One. Yes. Wow! Like that's that's awesome. That is amazing, I, and that shows you how close those systems, like the Windows Eight slash Ten. You know, systems are are so close to the Xbox uh, architecture. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, always been the dream is that, and I think they even kind of talked about this a little bit when they were sort of actually announcing the actual details of the Xbox One as far as that the architecture is similar to PC and that we're finally kind of seeing at least like those two systems are are, 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 are very much like, you know, like brother and sister. Like they can... You know they 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 can they can interface in, a, in a, you know a lot easier than you know than, than any other system can, and so yeah so you get to see things like the I guess we're unclear on it but like the possibility of like being able to stream you know back and forth from one device to another you know either way or being able to you know share your mods on the systems you know stuff like that it's it's this that's kind of that's kind of the ultimate goal I think especially for 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 Microsoft is that at the very least like if you're not gonna buy an Xbox. Like at least buy our games and play them on PC, and like you should still be able to to you know kind of share in that environment. Um, because you know even then, like if you own a PlayStation, you know it doesn't. Maybe you don't have an Xbox, and you're not ever going to buy an Xbox, but you're still giving Microsoft some money. So you know that may be the best they can get out of you. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was. Uh, we're starting to see the integrations of, uh, you know, we're starting to see the integrations of. The PC and the Xbox has nothing but good news. Yes, especially for those who have, of us who have both. Uh, EA came out on the stage next. Uh, Peter Moore, you know, it was just funny. Like when he t- started talking about Madden, how he got like, such a weak applause. When he talked about Madden, I'm like, see, people are tired of your shit, guys. <laughs> like people are tired of Madden. I wouldn't say people are tired of Madden, but the people at E3 are tired of Madden. <laughs> That is true, because Madden does sell well every year. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that when we get to the EA presentation. Yeah, uh, so um, they announced Plants vs. Gar- um, Plants vs. Zombies Gar- Garden Warfare Two. So I guess the first one did well enough. I'm I'm very disappointed that it wasn't an Ubisoft game 
that that use the uh, Danger Zone music. Oh. That the, twice because they 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 played that music during the Microsoft conference and then again during the EA conference. And Aisha Tyler was nowhere to be found at that time. It was very disappointing. <laughs> well, yeah, they um. <laughs> they they I guess they licensed the music so like hey we're gonna use the shit out of this yeah yeah so uh, that was announced Forza Six was shown off that looks beautiful absolutely beautiful they even lowered a car from the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was they were lowering the car like in front of the screen there were part there were times where like you could see the car in front of the screen you're like get out get out of the way but yeah. Yeah. I, it's one of, that's, that is just like extravagance for the sake of extravagance. There's no need for that car to be there. Like, okay, it's cool that you brought that car in. It's cool that that's an amazing car. It's cool that you had to lower it from the – like somebody had to drive that car up there, which is crazy to think about. But yeah. No, no Forza has always been an amazing game as, as you know, graphically. And yes, it continues to push the boundaries of, of what a game can look like. Yeah. It's it, Forza. Like this, always looked good, and I don't know, man. Like if you if you're a simulation racer, I understand that GT holds a, spe- a special place in people's hearts. But I mean, I think Forza at this point is right up there with GT. I'm not gonna say it's overtaken it, but it's right up there, guys. Yeah. And they come out more frequently, so that, they're that's like nice. the one annual franchise and maybe it's just because like cars don't really change that much from year to year although i guess technically football doesn't either but like i feel like they're like they're like the one franchise that you never really see that drop off like oh this is their shitty year like forza is just constantly putting out quality racing games every year yeah yeah so uh, that was cool let's see dark souls 3 which i really don't understand it maybe if you played dark souls 1 and 2 i understand the trailer but I'm just not into it. So, the Dark Souls 3 trailer really didn't show any gameplay. It just showed a lot of creepy stuff. You know. Uh, they showed a new trailer for The Division. And we'll get more into that for the Ubisoft conference. But Xbox gets beta first. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege comes out October 31st, 2015. And when you buy that on Xbox, you get Rainbow Six Vegas and Vegas 2 for free because of backward compatibility. Oh yeah, that was cool. Both amazing games, by the way. Like, I am seriously considering buying Rainbow Six Siege on the Xbox instead of the PlayStation. But don't you already have those games? Or you just want them on your Xbox? I just want them on my Xbox. Well, I, I, <laughs> mean, I, have, I have them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, well, actually, no, I traded them in. I used to have them. I traded in all my Xbox games. Rainbow Six so, Vegas and Vegas 2. And they were great games. Great games. So I'm... I, uh, I'm looking forward to having those again. Rainbow Six Siege, I you know, I really want to get it for PC, but Ubisoft sucks at PC games. Yes. They suck at PC games. I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I want to dive into that hole, you know? Uh, they showed Gigantic, which is like uh, a free... It's like a, well, it's a free-to-play game, and it's team-based based multiplayer, but to my understanding, it's MOBA-esque, you know? But it's like... Uh, what's the name of that game? Not Strife, but uh, there's there's a MOBA game out right now where you take direct control of the character's attacks. What? Is, it's third person. I cannot remember the name of it. I used to play it. I can't remember the name of the game, but it seems like that. No, like I have yet to see actual gameplay, just trailers. And this was this was at the Microsoft show, and it was at the PC game show. Yeah. And nobody, everybody's just showing trailers, basically. 
and gigantic. Uh, you have this godlike creature that's huge, and you use it to. Uh, you, know, you and your team are normal sized, and I guess you're fighting off mobs and creeps and stuff like that. And it's not really made clear what your big godlike thing does. <laughs> you know, other than I think just be big and presumably powerful. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, I mean, I guess if, like, an enemy gets too close to it, what well, a normal enemy, it'll get pounded, but who knows. Uh, let's see what else. They did, after that, they showed, like, a quick montage of indie titles. Yeah. Really too fast to see, but they did show some, some new, some titles coming up, the, the Tacoma 2016, which is made by the same people who made Gone Home. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I... Other than Cuphead, weren't most of the indie titles that they showed, didn't they then, like, those developers resurfaced at the PC gaming convention? Some of them did. Some of them did. I know the Tacoma yeah. one did. Where basically Tacoma is, like, Gone Home was about finding out what happened, and Tacoma is the same thing. But yes. it's in the future, and it's first yeah. person. It's in, yeah, it's in yeah. a space station instead of in somebody's house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so. You know, it, it was funny, because I remember watching the Microsoft con- conference, and I was like, they haven't talked to any indie developers yet. I'm like, I guess this is the year they don't talk to any indie developers. And then right after that, they brought the indie developers out. It's like, oh, I, I give up on that too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they showed that other game, Ashen, which yeah. just showed, you know, I guess it reminded me of Journey because of the non-communication, like the, the non-verbal communication aspect. That game was brutal. Yeah, <laughs> like the dude didn't get across, and then on top of that, he died. Yeah, he got stabbed by a skeleton, like, oh, and then, then the, the girl got across, and then that giant thing came after her, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it might it might be like Journey meets Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Cuphead, that is, that is, that, they actually showed the trailer for, the, for Cuphead, last not just year. last year, but the year before last, too. Really? It's been out for two years now? I think I think it was one of the first indie games they showed, according like with the Xbox, and it looks like a 1930s cartoon. Yes. And the developer was made sure he said that we focus on precision controls, so they they wanted a, a platformer with like super precise controls. And I can just say yes to that. Thank you. Yeah. No lazy ass controls. Thank I, you. I liked how it's uh I guess what the player two is Mugman. Yes. <laughs> Cuphead and Mugman. I'm I'm actually looking forward to that. They, I mean, even from the, like the little montage they did, you know, I wasn't able to identify any games, but at the same time, I was. It showed me some things I thought looked interesting, which is a you know, a hundred percent increase from the last E3. So that's good, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. That's the Phil Spencer effect. Yes. <laughs> so, um, other than that, uh, right? Well, right after that, I should say. They announced Xbox Game Preview, which is early access. It's like Steam Early Access, but it's for Xbox. But the thing, the reason it's better than early, or Steam Early Access is the fact that for every game that is on Game Preview, they have to provide a trial. So before you can spend money, before you spend money on these games, you can actually try them out and see where they are, you know, not get burned. Well, maybe you will get burned, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can revisit that topic during the PC gaming briefing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Um, they announced they showed like uh, some some game called Ion. I'm sorry, they showed a trailer for a game called Ion from the same guy who made Daisy. Still, no idea what it's about. 
showed some gameplay from Rise of the Tomb Raider, which the game looks good. Don't get me wrong. It looks good and Laura looks detailed. But in terms of the gameplay, it's exactly what I expected it to be. I didn't see anything different or new or unexpected out of the game. Which, I th- was it the Square? I think it might have been the Square convention where they actually were talking to one of the developers for the Lara Croft and talking about how like the snow builds up on her jacket depending on the environment that you're in. Yeah, that was a that was a Square Enix conference. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I thought that. I thought that was that was kind of interesting how they were talking about that. But at the same time, like you're you're you know like that's a cool detail. But yeah, the the gameplay is what's important. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's it's the detail they really do. It's a showcase game, yeah. and it's gonna be a good showcase game. That's I, I, I did, I did all like they have to do. They were, they were, I'm they sorry, were like uh, they're finally getting the tomb rating. Actually, yes, they are getting at the tomb rating. Even though the last game had tomb rating. Just not extensive tomb raiding. Yeah. But I mean, all they have to do is do what they did last time. You know? Just do what you did last time. And just make it look better, you know? And that's what they did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was cool. Um, what else? Oh, the rare replay. That's what Nick mentioned earlier. The rare replay where you get 30 rare games for... Well, not rare games, but you know, from the company Rare for thirty dollars. I think he made that. He's made said the same thing. He said the same thing on PC on stage. <laughs> That's why you don't name your company Rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they showed a trailer for Fable Legends, which I have no idea. What a lot of these trailers that they showed showed no gameplay. That's and that's not just with Microsoft. That's across the board. I thought they showed. Like, didn't they show Fable Legends gameplay, like, last year? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they didn't show any this year. Like, it feels like the game's going backwards. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember it. I don't, if they showed it last year, I don't remember I don't know, maybe, maybe I just, maybe I'm, I'm maybe I, they, the trailer felt gameplay issue last year, that, but, yeah, no, that, that, uh, yeah, I feel Fable. How long has Fable Legends been in development? That feels like one of those games that's been in de- like development hell at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been, it feels like it's been uh, in development for a while, yeah, but I don't really see anybody clamoring for it either. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's the game that nobody wants right now. You know, but I mean, it it seemed like it could be fun. From the non-gameplay trailer that I saw, I don't know if it's a MOBA or not. Or if it's like a four v four dungeon crawler. Who knows? Need to see more from that about that Microsoft. Yeah. Need to see more so I can either praise it or make fun of it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see what else. Microsoft. They uh, talked a little bit about the, uh, uh, the about you know VR and stuff like that. So they said they're working with Valve VR, that they're working with Oculus, uh, that an Xbox One controller will come with every Oculus Rift. That's a way to get in there. Now, the most impressive thing I saw in terms of this stuff that I, I usually call the gimmick section was the uh, the HoloLens display. Oh, yes. And I thought the HoloLens display, I, 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 you know, I think the HoloLens is a little less gimmicky than VR and, uh, you know, the Kinect, but... I did not expect to be blown away by the Minecraft demo. Yeah. Minecraft is a game. 
that I have had zero interest in since before it came out. Okay? When Minecraft was available for free, I passed. <laughs> you know, because I was like, I don't, I don't think so. it, it, it helps that you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Minecraft got popular on the backs of adults playing it. Yeah, but... It- I, I guess it got popular there, but it's it's very much a kids game. I mean, I don't I don't mean that in is like it's it's targeted kids. I think like kids have very much adopted it. It's you know, well, a lot I'm of an kids old person. It's, it's what all the kids are doing. Don't listen to me. Well, a lot of kids play. Don't get me wrong, but I think like the bulk of the especially the creative community are young adults to adults. I, I I think we might be nitpicking over the exact age at which people become a young adult. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. We won't get into that. So, you know, first of all, the, holo- the, the HoloLens can project the holographic screen on any surface. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, and actually, the uh, you can play with other like for with with Minecraft for HoloLens. You can also play with somebody who's playing on another platform like the Surface or their PC or probably their Xbox. But the 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 mind blown part came when he projected the hologram onto a flat surface, onto yeah. a table, and it basically rose the entire Minecraft world up on this table. He could see the entire world and where his the, the other person was playing. He could see all that, you know. He could see where you know uh, he could he could lift the entire world up and look underneath it. He could go inside buildings. He could do all types of shit. He could do all of the uh, the console commands from his voice. Dude, it was incredible. Yeah, it was. I do want to. I, I almost want to say it's the most impressive thing that was on E3. Yes, I, I kind of want to say that. That was the most impressive thing. Now somebody's gonna come back and say, "Sony did Final Fantasy VII." No, Dude, they gave you a teaser. No, you know, no, no. no you, a remake is not the most impressive thing. Yeah. A remake of a game that sold them what, however many copies, and made a whole uh, you know, buttload of money that a company finally relented and was like, "Oh, hey, please give us your money." Like that's not an impressive thing. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the first time I think we got a, a good demo that sort of of like our vision of the future that matched what we could see because I, I especially with VR I think one of the big problems that Oculus and uh, and the Morpheus have going forward is how do you show people what it's like to experience the VR when they you know without actually giving them the equipment like you know it's kind of the old argument even with like HDTVs like how do you show somebody look at how great this HDTV looks if they're watching that on their old standard TV yeah, like you know, you, like you can't show them the new format unless they experience it firsthand. And the Hololens, at least as it was presented, um, you know, at that at the conference, because they they had it set up so that you know the camera was specially modified, so it would show you the hologram the guy was looking at. Um, you know that it, it they figured out kind of how to bridge that gap with the Hololens, so you know we could get the experience of like okay, this is what we would see looking through the Hololens at that table, which it, that must have been really weird to watch in person because you're you're sitting there and you've got the guy in front of you and he's just walking around this blank empty space, you know, moving around, but I'm sure you're fixated on the screen above him where you can actually see the hologram that he's manipulating, yeah. and 
that I, that I think this was one of those few moments where like they actually demonstrated technology that matches kind of how we imagine the technology to work. I mean, it, you know, you look at, uh, you know, like Iron Man and Tony Stark manipulating all the little screens around and, you know, you go all the way back to like Minority Report. People always talk about that inter- the interface from that movie. This is the first time I think we're kind of actually starting to see like that concept, you know, is is possible and actually demoed live on stage. Um that said, it, it's still not, you know, that said, until you're actually in the HoloLens itself. I mean, like I said, it was a specially modified camera. And as with all demos, who knows how much of that was pre-programmed and, and was not necessarily live. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, the, the sort of the, the, the caveats are all there. I know the one complaint I've been seeing about the HoloLens now that people have gotten their hands on it is that the, within the glasses, the actual field of view that can display the HoloLens the holograms is actually fairly small. Um, and allegedly once you get used to it, you don't even notice that like, you don't, you know, it's kind of basically, it's like you only see the holograms kind of like where you're focusing. Like you don't, it's not like the entire field of vision within the glasses, uh, can present them. Um, and, and, you know, as I said, allegedly, once you get used to them, you don't notice that effect anymore. Uh, but that is what, like one of the complaints I've seen coming from people who have gotten a brief time hands on with it. Um, but that said, like if the technology was working as it appeared to be working, that's still amazing. And yeah, I mean, that techno- that that demo was not about Minecraft. Um, Minecraft is perfect for the HoloLens, though. I think that that demonstrated that. Um, and I'm, but that was. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that that I feel like that was one of those moments like if you, you know, if you like technology, like, you know, regardless of whether you like games or Minecraft or Microsoft or anything like just if you like technology in general, like that was something to pay attention to. Yeah, it was. It was very it was I thought it was it was it was impressive. Something I did not expect. I mean, expect to see from Microsoft. I always thought the the HoloLens is a great idea. And I think it just needs a smaller form factor to be really feasible in the outside world. Yeah. But uh, from a gaming perspective, that was pretty fucking awesome. I don't think – I mean the, the form factor will help. I think especially now because we're starting to hear a little bit about some of the price points for the – you know, for the, like this and the Oculus. I think that what'll, the big thing will be when they get down to be like the cost of maybe a console or even a little bit cheaper. Um, when you can actually get your hands on this technology for maybe a couple hundred dollars, I think that's that's when you'll start to see like mass acceptance. That is true. That is true. But to be walking around the streets with one uh, definitely needs to well, be a smaller form factor. Well, that, that goes back to Google Glass. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, people didn't... walk around with Google Glass, just not around here. No, people walked around with Google Glass and they were assholes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, so you, somebody was an asshole to you with Google Glass? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your story, Nick. Tell me your story. Uh, no, no, I didn't, I didn't see anybody with Google Glass. I'm just saying, like... Oh, so you're just it, taking... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm old. You kids in your Google Glass and your Minecraft. Stay off my lawn. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, but yeah, after that, they announced Gears uh, Ultimate Remake and Gears of War 4. Um. Yeah, I'm not gonna get too big and too much into that. I mean, they chased this thing around, and uh, it looked like Gears. What can I say? New hero. <laughs> I mean, it's a new hero. It looked like Gears. Uh, it looked pretty. It was nice. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. Like, it. I didn't see anything new Gears related. I, I don't know, man. Gears three just turned me off. Like, I mean, I was already on the fence with that series after Gears two. 
But Gears 3 completely turned me off from that series. The whining of Marcus Phoenix and the whining of Dom. Oh, my dad. Oh, my wife. Like, yo, shut up. Like, that, that, the way that game comes off, like, you don't want to hear these two huge muscle-bound guys crying or having, having emotional breakdowns. You know, Epic's never been very, never been that good at crafting a story in the first place. So, so I'm not surprised. It's just that, you know, those two, that, like, that, that, the third one, the, the, the poor story and the whining mixed with, like, the lackluster gameplay of three, Gears 3, man, I'm, I, I was done. I couldn't, I couldn't even finish it. I couldn't even finish it. Spent, oh, actually, no, I spent $30 on that game. Then since sixty, I spent thirty dollars on that game, and I couldn't even finish it. So, yeah, I I wasn't. I mean, it was Gears Four. Gears fans rejoice, I guess. Gears Four should have a character who whines about not being able to finish Gears Three. (laughs) Har har har, Nick. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to the Sony conference. Uh, That was the next of the big three. Um, Strangely enough, I think. Huh? I just want to jump in here for a moment because last year I remember I watched the Sony conference. I think it was last year. Maybe it was two years ago. But I remember I've, previously I've watched the Sony conference on my PlayStation. And I remember it was like advertised, like watch the Sony conference on your PlayStation. And I got all excited and I watched it on the PlayStation. So this year I got ready. I got my popcorn. I turned my PlayStation on. I was like, let me watch it. And so I went and I, I went to, I guess, the live stream feeds and I saw that they had all the different the twitch streams and I, I found the ign stream i'm like okay i'll watch the sony presentation on the on the ign twitch stream and so i'm sitting there i'm listening to the ign pregame show you know just waiting for the thing to start and they got the little countdown timer and then the timer hits zero and it says we cannot show this what i'm like yeah that's what i said i'm like wait so i'm trying to watch the tony presentation on my playstation and i looked around and maybe i didn't look hard enough i don't know i could not find how to watch sony presentation live on my playstation so i was very surprised by that and so you know i I missed the first maybe minute or so because i was you know running upstairs with my popcorn to, to watch this but that surprised me like like i don't know like I don't, you know, obviously I don't have an Xbox, so I don't know how if if Microsoft made it possible to watch their their convention on their console. I'd expect they would, and I I, I mean, I, you know, I guess part of it's because they've done this before. Part of that just seems like great marketing. Like, yeah, like make your fan base, you know, you know, these people are interested in your console. They already bought one. Like, why wouldn't they want to watch it again? So yeah, I had to I had to come up and watch it on my PC. Really? So th- thank you, Windows Seven, for giving me the ultimate <laughs> Sony experience. <laughs> Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, well, at least you got to watch it live. I didn't get a chance to watch it live. Uh, but when I did watch it live, we, the thing about watching E3 stuff live is, uh, you can, depending on the stream you're watching, you can get so hit so many buffering issues and disconnections because those servers get, like, loaded. Yeah. And servers get loaded, so. Uh, I actually but I, found, I was watching it on the 
actual uh, the official Sony site. I did actually go to the official Sony site to watch it there. I didn't see too many issues with the stream. What I found though, a lot of the times, and, and part of this was I was may have been looking for the videos too quickly, like right after the conference ended. I was like, "Where's the video so I can watch the beginning?" But I found a, a lot of like the Bethesda show, like Sunday night. The one I found it on YouTube, and the beginning of the YouTube video like was very choppy, and like it was like whoever recorded it was recording off of a bad feed. Oh yeah. Yeah, nah. so I don't know why. Like, I don't even know why you'd go for that. Like, why? Like, why would you even try to record it that way? Yeah, I didn't. Because it's, it's, it's available, you know. Yeah, like I don't know why you don't have like a good feed that you're just uploading. Like, boom, like. And I guess maybe, and like I said, I like I was I was watching, trying to watch that. Like basically, as soon as it ended, I was like, okay, let me watch this now. Let, let me watch the replay. And yeah, so I don't know. Maybe the next day they got a better feed up. I don't know. Oh. Uh. Well, I watched it directly off of YouTube. I think I actually watched it uh, on IGN's YouTube. And, um, you know, once you get past the, the, the pre-show shit, it was actually pretty easy to get into. Um, but, yeah, so the Sony conference, they kicked it off with, I guess, what they felt was a, was a strong start, which was Last Guardian. Yes. Yes. So you're it was actually, a strong start. You know, that, you Don't think, you talk no shit about the Last Guardian? Oh, you tell that's me why my, you're excited for this game. Tell me why you're excited friend. for this game. I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why people are excited for this game with this kid and his dog bird. Because like, his this kid and his dog bird. It, one, did you see like it's got the little glowing like where the horns were cut off? There was a little blue glowing light that was very much like the uh, like the Colossuses in uh, in Shadows of the Colossus. Like, oh no, this 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 game is my shit, man. <laughs> you, you gotta tell me. You gotta. Somebody has to explain to me why. Like, I mean, I mean, it looks like it's you know puzzle solving and platforming and getting from one place to the next. But it, I can't figure out why everybody's so excited for this it's game. It's Shadows of the Colossus too, basically. Except this time, instead of having to like kill the Colossuses, you basically have to protect the Colossus and work with the Colossus. And like, yeah, like that whole like there was the one part where like the kid jumped. And one, I thought I told like the kid jumped, and it looked like the guardian missed catching the kid. Yeah. And I was like, "What are you showing? Like, are you just gonna let this kid die?" And then the tail comes around, like that was awesome. But then, uh, no, but then there's the part where like the, the the guardian's like hanging onto the wall, and the kids climb up his back. That was like straight out of Shadows of the Colossus. Like I loved Shadows of the Colossus. I think that is arguably like one of the best games of all time. And like for for me to like see like that game, like or like, at least like the mechanics of that game and it, it seems like it kind of ties into that game um that is i don't know it's 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 basically it's a sequel to me it's like shadows of the colossus 2 kind of with you know with slightly different gameplay um but no i, I i'm i'm very excited for this okay i mean i still i still don't see it like i mean like uh, i get it like it just felt like shadow of the colossus just felt to me like more action and I don't know, maybe, I mean, well, we don't know the story of this game, but the story yeah. felt more compelling. Like, you know, you being this asshole taking down these colossi. Well, the thing is, I don't think you really, you didn't even realize, the thing is, you didn't realize you were an asshole until you kind of got into it. It's yeah. not like you, until you started killing like two or three of them, you're like, oh, hey, like, what exactly am I doing here? Like, and I think, that, and that's the thing is, I, I, again, like, I, I, I could see how if you were just watching a trailer, if somebody told you like, oh, here's a game, you only kill 16 bosses. Like... You'd, you know, you'd be like, that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just ride around on this horse and I kill 16 creatures. Like, that's it. Like, I think in without context, 
that you know like and you know like i mean shadows of the colossus is very much an experience and i think last guardian is going to be the same thing where it's going to be an experience that you know you, you i mean what is it i mean like the way you built the relationship with that horse in in uh in shadows of the colossus like i've told you before i hated the horse at first and then you get to the part at the end and i, I hope i'm not spoiling this for anybody but there's a jump you got to make and the horse doesn't make the jump like and i was like no you took my horse like i hated like i, I had such a love-hate relationship with that horse and that's just a horse if you're giving me a full-on like bird dog thing that's like the size of a skyscraper like i'm gonna i, I, I don't know I don't know. That that thing's just awesome. It, I, 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 I'll, I'll admit the trailer the trailer seemed a little underwhelming because basically it was a few jumping puzzles and then it's like, oh, here's this one object you got to push. But even like – and from a lore perspective, I'm curious like what was going on like with that big tower that was making the Guardian kind of freak out? Yeah. So I'm curious about that. I mean mechanically it wasn't really all that interesting a puzzle and I'm sure it's probably like the first thing you do in the game is like okay like here's some basic mechanics like learn how to jump and and command the guardian and push things um I did like though how like everything pretty much collapsed when you were done with it it's like as soon as you push that thing over like everything just starts falling apart right um, but and I'm and then like, the one thing about those games though, and I think part you know at least with Shadows of Colossus it was like there was clearly some kind of civilization here that built all of this and somehow was related to these these colossi that are ostensibly protecting the world, and it's it's one of those things like you you kind of get all these questions like who was here before and you never get those answers and 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 Guardians seems the same way like who built that entire massive complex with these rickety with this rickety bridge in the middle and then like 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 why is this kid in the guardian like the only people around like i'm very i'm very curious about this game and i, I this i'll admit as in my older age like I, you know as we know whenever we talk about what we've been playing i pretty much just play warcraft and then a handful of other things like last guardian is one of the games that i will run out and buy at launch okay yeah, I mean, you're the first person I've talked to since the Sony conference that's actually been that's excited for it still. Yes. And they gave a re- not a release date, but a release year sometime in 2016. Yeah. Which, hey, it's still early enough that they could push that back, so. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> sure they will. This, this, I mean, that, uh, this, is, this has been one of those games that was left for dead, basically. So for, for them to still be promoting it, still be talking about it, um, you know, I'm super excited. Okay. Well, they showed a new after that they showed a new IP called Horizon Zero Dawn. That looked amazing too. You think it looked amazing? I thought it I thought okay. that looked amazing. That looked all right. I thought it looked, like, I thought it looked good. Don't get me wrong. Well, good. you know, it, it was kind of the same thing that I was just talking about with uh, Shadows of the Colossus, where you've got this, you know, this this these people, and then they're talking about this ancient culture that built this massive civilization. Except then you realize, like, oh, that's our culture. Yeah, it's <laughs> us. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, us. but 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 I don't know robot dinosaurs like well yeah i mean i'm I'm curious about that like why are there machines as animals you know like, yes. that's that's what i'm curious about why are there machine animals what's going on um and the chick you know, there's a female protagonist and she hunts can't, down can't play it. Can't <laughs> yeah no one knows what happened before and you know she hunts down these animal you know these mechanical animals what? Uh, for for parts or like there was a yeah, canister. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like they're they're basically living like barbarians in like a post apocalyptic society, and they're hunting these giant robot dinosaurs, for lack of a better term. 
um you know like like a barbarian would like you know like the old like uh you know like neanderthals would hunt like the mammoth except for the fact that like it made sense for the neanderthals to hunt the mammoth because it gave them fur and it gave them meat and yeah. it's like what are you getting from like if you live like a barbarian like and you're throwing like spears and stuff and i guess she, she did have some guns and stuff because she goes i guess there's the one part where she like i guess off that like t-rex type thing that yeah, she, well, like, she shot it off with a bow though yeah so. she shot yeah she shot off like a missile launcher with a bow and yeah. then she was like tying it down so like i guess like i i i guess like that's like they get their equipment from the dinosaurs i don't know like that was the only thing that didn't make sense like why are you killing these things other than out of just sheer like need to survive but well, yeah, yeah I mean, like, the, part of the, the part of the beginning where it's like she she she's like moving through the brush and like they're they're like they're like a herd of them or whatever and like as soon as she moves like they all start running and stuff like that that was cool yeah i mean it looks cool i'm interested in it yes i get it, it's something i'll probably pick up as long as i don't see anything that makes it stupid like you know always online need for speed we'll get into that mm. um, but, but yeah like it looked cool i mean it's a, a new ip and uh, i hope it's a good game I, I don't want any game to be bad <laughs> you know i don't want any game to be bad i want them all to be good and so they could take my money. Uh, so after that, they showed Hitman, um, which I think that was the first... Uh, actually, no, Hitman it was shown at this... Where else was it shown? I think, okay, no, I think that was the first place that they actually showed Hitman. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the first Hitman, yeah. And it was just called Hitman, so I don't know if it's a reboot or what. Uh, but you, there's a PS4 beta coming up, and there's six exclu- exclusive contracts for PlayStation 4. Uh, I mean... They showed more of it at the at the Square Enix conference, and it's basically what we've come to expect as Hitman. It's just more of what you like of Hitman. Yeah, but I think they got rid of that stupid, you know, uh, thing where you can tell where people are gonna walk and shit like that. Yeah, I think they got rid of that, so that was cool. Uh, they showed Street Fighter Five. Uh, of course, they did because you know they want to slap Microsoft, you know, with the dick a little for that one. Um, showed No Man's Sky again, but this time they showed. The more of the gameplay, they focused on the scale yes. of the game, which was impressive. Yes, it was quite impressive. He went to a planet. He went to a random like galaxy and to a random planet, and he didn't even know if there was going to be anything there. Well, <laughs> that was the thing. Like <laughs> he said, he didn't know there. <laughs> and I, I mean, and ostensibly he didn't, because even then, I think. Um... At the PC gaming con, uh, con- I keep saying convention. At the PC gaming uh, briefing, he was talking a little bit more about that too, and that there's just, there's just so many planets that like he, he like they, there's what a, there are a ten man team working on this game, and the universe is so big in scope that they had to build bots to just traverse the universe to kind of like make sure everything's working properly. Right. Yeah. And so like what they what they showed this time is like you know when you start I guess he he shot you know, uh, like a, a rock face and started breaking it down for supplies and there were these sentinels uh, that came out to defend the planet. Uh, he said, well, this planet doesn't have any alien life, but it has these sentinels, which uh, you can fight and, I guess, destroy depending on the planet. I think some planets would probably be completely desolate. Some yeah. planets will have alien life, you know? Yeah. So um, that's that's probably gonna be pretty cool. So I thought that was nice, but they they really really focused on the scale of No Man's Sky, which we knew it was big, but yeah, it just seems that much bigger now. 
Well, what, what's interesting too is that it's basically being designed as a single player experience, even though everybody will be playing in a shared universe because the universe is so big, like you don't know if you're ever actually going to see anybody. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that, that was the nicest play. Then they showed that game Dreams, which I'm pretty sure they called it something else last year. They Did they show that last year? I didn't. Yeah, like with the puppets. I don't remember that. Pretty sure they showed that last year. I can't remember what they called it though. Are you sure you're not thinking of like Little Big Planet? No, definitely not <laughs> Little Big Planet. Well, like the game looks incredible. Like in terms of the look of the game, yeah. it looks incredible. I just don't. I mean, you would have to. I think you have to be like incredibly artistic to play it. Like basically, it just feels like you make stuff in the game and then you play with it. Like you just, yeah. it's a sandbox or like it, a sandbox made out of clay. It's Little Big Planet for adults. No, oh, Little Big Planet is Little Big Planet for adults, Nick. Fuck you. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, like, yeah, but that's the thing. It's very, it was very, uh, I don't know, like, it was almost kind of creepy looking at it to a degree. Yeah, yeah, there was a little, yeah, because that, that old the old man and then uh, he, well, he's playing the piano and then uh, he, he, then there's a polar bear out of nowhere and then at the end the old man's got the polar bear head. Yeah, like, and I I, I kind of got what they were doing. How like when you have like a dream and like the way things kind of like just change and recombine and, and whatnot. Because like at the end, like all the little elements from all the sequences were in that final scene. Um, but yeah, it's I don't I, I don't know I don't. It's cool. It's like it's a neat demo of like what you can do with the technology. Um, and I'm sure that there's plenty of creative types out there who will have fun with that. Um, if you're one of the people who have been complaining that there were too many shooters at E3, this is definitely a game that you might be interested in. Um, but I feel like this is also one of those games that we could probably have a very long discussion that it's not a game. Yeah, like Journey. This is even less of a game than Journey. If, if, if it is what it seems like it is, because, I mean, at least Journey had like a starting point and ending point. Like, this is... I don't, like I don't know what this is. I think I feel like it, this is purely just like a creative studio, and then you just kind of share your creations with other people. Um, and it'll, uh, I'm I'm curious to see how much of a market there is for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure it'll, it'll, when Sony's back in it, I'm sure somebody out there likes it. Um, but um, I don't know, not for me, that's for sure. No, uh, they showed Destiny the Taken King. Yeah, got... I'm, surpri I'm surprised that like. Sony kind of like owns Destiny in a way, like oh, that there was no other talk about Destiny at, at, even at the Microsoft conference or like anywhere. Yeah, I mean they have that relationship with Activision uh, totally now because we're gonna get into that that uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that yeah Black yeah, yeah. Ops Three a little later. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Destiny they 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 definitely um, it's the favorite console for Destiny that's for sure. Uh, but the Taken King. Uh, new subclasses for for each class. So basically now each class is going to have a subclass for each element type. Which makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, there's going to be new levels, there's going to be a new raid, new strike. It's going to be $40, though. I just don't know. I honestly don't know. That's going to be a topic coming up on uh, well, In Orbit this weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's this week? Good. I'm, I'm already excited. Yeah. No, Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like this feels like a proper expansion. Like when you're giving me new classes, when you're giving me some of the content that they're talking about, like okay, like you know, it, you know, it, it's been a year. Like you want to kind of like 
you know, improve the game. This feels this feels like what like like this is why the other things should have been called DLC. And okay, you know what the forty the forty dollar price point. I think that might even be more. The forty dollar price point might even be more forgivable forgivable if I could speak. Um, but that might be you know more more forgivable if the other the other content was just called DLC and was maybe like ten dollars cheaper. Then you'd be like, okay, like here's you get your big annual update. This has adds some new, you know, combat to the game. It kind of changes a lot with the game, and you know, like this sets the tone for the next year. And then there'll be some additional DLC throughout the year to kind of keep the game fresh. But yeah, it's yeah, I, I feel like there, it's gonna be like a good, you know, I think we need to see like a good solid year of respectable and respectably priced content out of uh activision before we can really begin to to say like you know like okay like destiny's on a good path dude like uh, my problem with it is that now that i've paid a hundred dollars for destiny um because we got the game for 60 and the two dlcs together 40 dollars yeah i now feel like i have a 60 dollar (laughs) game you know (laughs) (laughs) well all I can say in Bungie's defense, I don't even know who I'm defending at this point anymore, um, is that I pay, well, I, I, actually, up until this year anyway, I was paying um, like over $140 a year for World of Warcraft, and that includes a year where they released no new content. Maybe not quite. No, they didn't. No. Roughly a year that, in which they released no new content. Um, so... Bungie is is you know far from the worst offender in uh, the the worst offender in that regard, um, but yeah no yeah they, they, it's I mean even then like even then like you said as far as like the, with the new subclasses kind of fleshing out like every every class now has their own you know has all uh, all damage represented like that's something that you can tell was in the original design specifications. Like okay, we've got each class, we've got these three three damage types, and you know, and, and you know, so we'll break it down in that regard. And you can tell they're like okay, and it may be a time constraint, or it may have intentionally been like, well, we need to save something for the first expansion, or you know, or the first real expansion. So let's pull like you know, two subclasses per per class is good enough, and then we'll we'll introduce the third one at a date to be decided. Um, that that seems like some kind of backroom discussion I could see them having. Yeah, see, I think it would have been. Even if they would have divided up the DLCs differently, like you know, thirty dollars, sixty dollars for the main game, thirty dollars total for both the Dark Below and House of Wolves, you know, and then thirty dollars for this seems more reasonable. Yeah, it, it feel it feels a bit more reasonable, but like you know, it just I don't know. Not to mention with the repetitiveness of Destiny. You know, when you have, you know, with, uh, when you run weekly raids, right? Like, when you run, run a raid with a group, Nick, how long does that usually take? I have no idea, because I've never done that. You've never ran a raid with a group? I don't think so. Did we ever run a raid? Me and you? Yeah. No, no, not in Destiny, and, uh, and oh. WoW, and WoW, and WoW. Oh, and WoW, oh, that, that usually takes about, uh, we, usually we raid for three hours a night, um, but we may not necessarily finish yeah, the race in that time it, dep- it depends it depends to finish uh i'd say maybe three to four hours three to four hours of a read that you'll that you guys do weekly yes okay you know how long it took me took me to go through crota 
with with uh, not even a full team on 45 Saturday? minutes. No. 25 minutes. 25 minutes. 25 minutes, and that's because we had to wait for somebody to get in. Because <laughs> you had to wait? <laughs> we had to wait for somebody. That's... 25 minutes to get through Crota. Yeah. Is that with or without cheese? Uh, well, the whole game is cheese, so your question is irrelevant. <laughs> now I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it took 25 minutes to beat Crota. Me and uh, me and two other friends, we went through level 34 Prison of Elders in 28 minutes. That's... You know? That, 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 I think that's, that's one of the main differences. The content in, in WoW may be repetitive, but the, first of all, there's way more of it. And second of all, it lasts for longer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you've done a read a million times, it still takes skill to do, you know, to do it over. And, uh, you know, you run Crota a few times, and now you're a pro at it. Six, generally, I think the one of the developers was saying they found that raids tend to last six months in WoW. That usually after about the six-month mark is when people start getting antsy and complaining. So uh, We have raids mastered in, like, weeks. Yeah, that, and I, I wonder how much of that is like a cons, console shooter mentality. Like, I mean, how long? Well, one, how many bosses are in each raid? Bosses? <laughs> because I mean, that, well, yeah. well, like, I mean, again, like you know, approaching this from a, a WoW perspective, like each each raid it consists of you know somewhere usually about maybe like. 10 or so bo- you know bosses you know obviously the, the 10th one being like the main boss yeah. um, and then there's some trash along the way but if you it sounds a lot like really like what you, what destiny is calling a raid is like just like one individual boss fight from wow cuz like well i mean they don't necessarily take 28 minutes yeah. but it can take 20 it can take 20 minutes from the time you actually get into the raid including having to wait for somebody to uh, actually getting and killing the first boss like that might take you know, 20 minutes or so. I mean, the fights themselves are usually only last six minutes. I think some, some of the longer fights uh, are, are – there have been fights that have gone as long as 15 minutes and people kind of started to complain those fights felt too long. So like six to ten minutes for the actual boss fight and then, you know, the rest of it is just traversing to each individual boss. Yeah, dude. The – like, let's say at max you have like – I'll say a sub-boss and then a bo- – and then like your main boss. That's – You know? And um, actually, for the one, the sub boss, the person I would consider a, a sub boss for Crota, all you have to do is wait. Like basically, you have a timer on her. The 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 uh, if you play it in normal mode, the timer only lasts three minutes. Once she hits, uh, if you uh, if you take longer than three minutes to beat her, she she you know you all you die. Okay. okay? All you have to do is wait two minutes and thirty seconds, and then she starts taking like massive damage. While she sings her song for the last thirty minute seconds, okay, that's all we do. All we do is wait for her to start singing her song, unless we just have that much firepower on us. But we'll still wait for her to stop singing her song. We'll all just like rocket her at the same time, and she'll die. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a weird mechanic. Yeah, like the boss is supposed to get tougher the longer the fight goes on. <laughs> no, like no, that's that's not it. It's very it's too, it's too simple. And Crota is a joke. Crota's a joke, so especially especially now. He was harder before because if he was he'd be all glitched out. Now they fixed the bugs. He's not hard anymore <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I'm just not sure. Alright, so we'll talk more about that on an orbit.
orbit. This became in orbit for a short period of time. Well, I take every opportunity I, don't get my I can chance, to I don't, about I don't get my chance to actually like yell back at you guys. Like I listen to the podcast and I keep yelling at uh, everything you guys are saying. Every time you bring up wow, because it's like again, like as far as uh, like. You know, like, because, you know, Destiny being, you know, not an MMO, and I'm waving my finger quotes furiously there, um, you know, it compares very much to, you know, WoW, which is sort of the, the gold standard of, of MMOs, if you will. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you guys talk a lot about, uh, you talk a lot about Destiny in an MMO, MMO fashion, and I have a lot of input to say, and I don't, I don't get to share it because I'm not actually on that show. Yes. <laughs> It's kind of like before you were on this show. Exactly. I know, and I'm glad for that. I have another podcast I get to yell at. It makes me happy. Oh, okay. Well, it's a good yelling, though. It's a good yelling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a new in orbit coming over this weekend, so it'll be out Monday or Tuesday. Nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, that would end our in orbit section of this special edition Nashcast. <laughs> and let's get back to talking about the Sony conference. After they showed Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and I guess. Uh, that's because they're continuing the, um, uh, I guess, their relationship with Ubisoft and getting exclusive DLC content. You get these things, you get this uh, dreadful crime missions exclusive to PS4 where you can either play as Eevee or whoever the main guy is. Can't remember his name. Um, this is how I'm not interested in this Assassin's Creed at all. Wasn't it Jacob something? It was Jacob something. Yeah. I have to admit, when um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here, but like at the Ubisoft show, when Aisha Tyler sat down in the crowd next to some guy in cosplay, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, you're Jacob from AC, whatever." I didn't know what she was talking about. I'm like, "Oh, that's just some guy who cosplayed." And then like later on, when they actually showed the Assassin's Creed stuff, I'm like, "Oh, that's why that guy was there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I thought he kind of looked like a hobo. But well, that was kind of the whole time back then. Was like the, everybody looks like hobos. Like a hobo and had awesome facial hair. <laughs> hobos and awesome facial hair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they showed off some EV gameplay, which was definitely scripted because Assassin's Creed combat is not that fucking smooth. <laughs> it's not. And I actually, if you guys want to, um. I wish that we had a voting system, because if you want to, I could totally shit on Assassin's Creed right now if you wanted me to. Go for it! Nah, we already took enough time for me to shit on Destiny. This might be telling, and admittedly, the last two games that you're shitting on are not Sony games, although it just so happens we're shitting on them in the context of the Sony presentation. Um but it might be telling. I feel like you're shitting more on the Sony presentation than you were on the Microsoft presentation. Yeah, well, the Microsoft presentation didn't have Destiny and Assassin's Creed, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my fuel is, is right here at the Sony conference. And, and actually, I get, well, well, actually, you know, I don't. I guess we'll have to see if you're going to shit on Call of Duty then. Oh, we will see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Assassin's Creed, Creed Syndicate. Hopefully they learn from their mistakes. Um, to, well, they did say that there was going to be a public beta that, you'd be, that uh, people would be able to play the game before launch. Like that was clearly some kind of like this isn't like the other one. Forget no, the no, dude, fuck that. Fuck the fuck a public beta for a single player game, dude. Fuck that. I am not supposed to be testing your goddamn game for you. That's what you have QA for. That's well. Here's the thing: is that they're they're not giving that public beta for the. They don't care about the feedback. The reason they're doing that is so this way people will play the game and see like, oh, it's not 
you know, like, people they're not playing it to get the, res- the, the, t- the results. They want they want to show people like, look, the game's actually playable, that the game is going to be complete enough by the time that public beta is ready. So people will play it and they're like, oh, look, everybody has faces. Yeah. <laughs> what a feature. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. If on the back of the box. <laughs> now included with faces. faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now like, I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I doubt I'll get involved in that. The thing is, like, uh, this is, I have this three game rule where if you, if you have a game series and you release three games in a row that suck, I'm done. I'm done with the series. That's why I stopped buying Need for Speed. Okay. Um, but this, this is a little weird now because Assassin's Creed 3 sucked. Black Flag was good, but because of the naval combat. <laughs> and now you have. Um, and don't get me wrong, Assassin's Creed, uh, uh, Black Flag also, uh, had the, the, the gameplay of the actual game was decent enough. You know, it was better than Assassin's Creed 3. And now you have Unity, which even with the bugs fixed, it still sucks. Like, it's, I'm having a hard time putting that fucking game back into my PS4 to play it, you know? Is, and now you have this game, you is know? Is this like an every other year thing? Like, maybe you just only buy, uh, you, you buy Assassin's Creed on the even or no the odd numbered years uh maybe i we'll, we'll see what was last year 2014 yeah and then 2012 12, yeah yeah so maybe there might be every other thing <laughs> that's funny that's funny i'll uh i might have to keep that in mind if this one's good and the next one sucks <laughs> you have a new policy <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah i'll uh We'll see if it's good or not. And if not, I don't know. I might have to. I might just have to fucking, <laughs> you know, like let the series go. Like uh, with a heavy heart, I've been following it for a long time, you know. Well, it, it, I get the impression. It's, I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's been how long since Diesel's left? But I get the impression that the story has gone off in its own direction. That I don't know. They don't, I don't know, know what you have left to hold on to. Yeah, like they don't know what to do with the story. I, I've written about this. I I could have wrote a second one. That's how much I have on that. And actually, in the Ubisoft conference, the creative director, you know, put air quotes on that, came out for Assassin's Creed, and I'm like, dude, I hope you keep your resume up to date. <laughs> Because they roll through Assassin's Creed creative directors like nobody's business. They're like the drummer in Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But then, I don't know, then they showed that, after they showed that World of Final Fantasy, I have no idea how to make heads or tails of that. Like, I don't know what to make of that. It's exclusive to PlayStation, and it's supposed to be in this brand new world, according to, you know, the, uh, one of the producers. And, but at the same time, you see chibi versions of other Final Fantasy characters. Like, there was a chibi cloud in there. Yeah, well, it, that's why it's World of Final Fantasy. I get the feeling like, and I'm not entirely sure. Well, one, I'm not. I, I, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts, so I don't know how they've tied all the Final Fantasy worlds together within Kingdom Hearts. Um, but even then, like, there's always been like the certain themes of like the world crystals and stuff in each of the Final Fantasies. That I wonder if like this isn't kind of some kind of this isn't a world that's tied to the other worlds, and like somehow with all the chibi versions, you're pulling characters through and stuff i mean it looks it looks like what it's ostensibly meant to do is that i mean if you think about it final fantasy 
you know, well, one, they've they've significantly stopped the rate at which Final Fantasy games are coming out lately. Um, I mean, basically what the PlayStation 3 only had 14, but it had like three different 14s. Um, or no, right. no thir- was it 13 rather? 13, because 14 is the Realm Reborn, right? Uh, no, 14, because they have 14 and then they re-release 14. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, cause 11 and 14 are the MMOs. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it was thirteen then, and then they had like the three different, well, they had thirteen and then like two sequels, and that was just on the PlayStation Three. Um, so, it it's it's it, it, I mean it, it's weird because like they I mean I mean on the PlayStation One we went from Final Fantasy Seven up to Final Fantasy Nine. The PlayStation Two we had Final Fantasy Ten, and I guess technically eleven and tw- and twelve. And then the 13, you know, the PlayStation 3 just got one Final Fantasy. It seems like the PlayStation 4 is only going to get 15 whenever that releases. They didn't even show anything about 15, did they? Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember seeing anything for that. Um, but we know that that's, and even then, wasn't, wasn't 15 supposed to be one of the sequels to 13? Do you know what they showed? Yeah, actually, 15 was supposed to be Final Fantasy versus 13. And that got pushed back so much. Yeah. Yeah, so, 15, they showed, like, a little clip of it in a montage during yeah. the Square Enix one. Yeah, so, like, who knows what they're doing with, like, final, like, the main Final Fantasy genre proper, but this feels like, it's, it feels like for any, like, I mean, especially then, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll jump ahead a little bit here to the, the Final Fantasy VII remake that they also announced, but... Final Fantasy is very much steeped in the nostalgia, and everybody kind of remembers and yearns for the old Final Fantasy games. And I wonder, like, this feels like they're they're kind of trying to appeal to the kids again. Like, okay, let's kind of get some young people in here. We'll reference, we'll use this game with the, 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 the cute chibi characters, kind of go for the kids. We'll reference some of the other Final Fantasy worlds, because again, everybody loves the old Final Fantasy games. And maybe we can kind of bring some new blood to the series. Um, I don't care for the name world of final fantasy. It sounds, it sounds like a, 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 I'm admittedly biased. It sounds like a world of Warcraft knockoff. <laughs> like, and I would think, especially like world of final fantasy, like, wouldn't that be the name of your MMO? Like I get why they probably wouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this is, this is supposed to be an entry point for new fans to kind of get into the series, get familiar with several of the characters, and then presumably get hyped for whenever Final Fantasy 15 or whatever numbers they attach to that now um, is associated. Um, I just, uh, I just think about the name World of Final Fantasy, like putting those words together, like they do not make sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, as much as you can harp on the whole, like Final Fantasy, you know, like, an umpteen you know like that doesn't even make sense but then it's like you put world in front of that and it's just it's just a mishmash of gibberish now right yeah um i don't know i it just i guess you're right i mean they're just trying to really um appeal to a younger audience maybe and that's why they did it but for everybody else it's kind of like uh okay i guess if you're really into final fantasy yeah you know it, it it's worth it to you it, it it actually reminds me a little bit of the Crystal Chronicles games that they did for the I think it was the was the GameCube and the Wii that had those. The game, I uh, been, yeah, I think so. Might have been the GameCube. I remember I played them um, briefly, and I think that was on the GameCube. Um, and yeah, again, it, it had some a little you know cuter style graphics there. Um, and I, I think yeah, it's it's 
it's it's you know, it, 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 you know what it, it sounds silly to say like it's got the softer graphics because it's for a more hardcore final fantasy fan <laughs> but yes hey, that's actually not that uh <laughs> that you're actually pretty, probably right about that to be honest with you yeah. the the mechanic though i guess because you change back and forth between like being a full-size person and a, and a chibi character um that looks interesting i guess that's like their little gimmick for the game is that you're you're changing sizes based on the environment the monsters yeah yeah so i mean I, I, for, for for hardcore final fantasy fans it's probably they're probably like shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> well i'd be like okay you got that you got that <laughs> you know um but after that they showed what some people call was the show stealer the reason why sony <laughs> one e3 they showed uh like a teaser they showed a teaser for a final fantasy uh final fantasy 7 remake yeah which i'll admit it looked amazing and there is a part of me especially if they're gonna like clean the game up and kind of improve it because there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff in the original final final fantasy well one i mean if you go back and play final fantasy 7 um like i think we forget how terrible playstation graphics were that we were still very early in figuring out how to do polygons yes <laughs> and i mean for as as, as re- renowned and legendary as that game is it is tough to play now, especially, especially what, what you know. To make to make matters worse is that if you know if you're playing that on a high def TV, it just exacerbates how terrible the graphics are. Um, really, it does. Even, <laughs> I mean, re- you know, anything, even the PlayStation Two suffers um, suffers from that. But uh, it'll be great to have like a cleaned up version where everything looks amazing. I mean, uh, obviously, the cinematic quality is going to be top notch. Um, I just, I'm curious. I mean, I'm, there's just, I, I, I always feel felt like, and maybe I'm not enough of a Final Fantasy fan, even though I've probably poured at least 200 hours, probably closer to 300 hours into that game. Um, but that's all the damn chocobo breeding. That wasn't actually. <laughs> once you got onto the chocobo breeding, you were just off the off the charts at that point. But. No, but like the sto- the whole story with Sephiroth and Genova, like I always felt there were little parts that didn't quite make sense. And I'm wondering if like they're going to be able to clean that up at all. I mean, there's a lot in that game that I know that somebody had a graphic. I, 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 I vaguely remember there's a part where like Cloud dresses up like a woman and there's a bunch of like muscle men and Speedos. And that's a little more humorous when the graphics are a little more abstract. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to see a bunch of muscle men and speedos in the high def graphics that that trailer had. Um, I mean, it might be amusing. I don't know. I, I guess it's all in the presentation. Um, but like, for as much as everybody gets involved in in Aerith or Aerith and everything that happened with her and 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 Sephiroth and all that, like, there was a lot. There's a lot to that game. And yeah, I'm very curious to play it, and I kind of want to play it, and maybe I will play it. But if I do, I'm only going to do the story. Like, I'm not getting Knights of the Round, even though I'm sure Knights of the Round is going to look amazing. Just, you know, I'm not going to beat the red and blue. Uh, oh, God, what were they? The red and blue. What were they called? I can't. Not Materia. Or no, it was Ruby. Was it Ruby? And uh, then there, there were the two bosses that were like side bosses, and they had insane fights, and you the had Ruby to get the water. Mat- 
Yeah, weapon. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, like I'm not gonna fight them anymore. I don't have time for that. Like I'm just gonna play the main story if I get it. I don't know. I'm on the fence about this. Like I'm glad they're doing it, and I'm sure plenty of people will be excited about it. And I can't wait to see everybody complain about the changes that they make because there's gonna be changes. But yeah, no, it's. I don't have time for a Final Fantasy game. That's why I had to stop. <laughs> uh, I'm too old for this. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, it's funny you bring that up. You know about the intense weapon uh, battle. Um, you know boss fights that some of these games have. Uh, I bought the Final Fantasy X HD remake for PS4, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I think I'm, now I'm starting to think about well, not now, but like as I was playing, I started to think about some of the boss fights I have ahead. Like the Seymour Guado fight, and like the fight at the end with Jekt, and having to get uh, the three sisters and shit like that. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I gotta do all that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like Jesus. Even like with Kingdom Hearts, um, I have the uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD remix, and it's like I was just thinking about that last boss fight I gotta do, the very last boss fight. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do it again. And I'm definitely not going to fight Sephiroth or Kurt Zista. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because I actually, I, I never beat Sephiroth. Because um, he did this bullshit move where he'd hit you, it'll get you down to one health, and then he'd immediately hit you again. I always thought that move was bullshit. And I just got tired, and I was like, fuck it. But um, I did beat Kurt Zista. And I beat Kurt Zista, and I also beat the... um. The, the Phantom at the Clock Tower. But, yeah, I'm not going for any of that stuff again. I'm going to beat the game, beat the side stuff, and then that's it. But, yeah, you're, you're right about having to play through, you know, some of these intense fucking boss fights. They're not even intense, necessarily. They're just long. <laughs> <laughs> they're just law and they're and I, 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 I mean and that's one of the things like you, you needed knights of the round for uh, was it the uh the like it was, was it the blue i forget what it was called the one that was underwater like because the whole premise there was that you only had 30 minutes to beat that fight because then you drowned because you were underwater and so you needed to do as much damage as possible as you can, unless there was a way you, there was some materia that you could get that you could breathe underwater. In which case, there was no timer on the fight, so you didn't have to worry about that. But yeah, I just remember like, like, so, like, like there, there was one boss in Final Fantasy XII. It was like a yellow tyrannosaur that had like the highest number of health they could give it in the game, <laughs> and there were people. And thank God it was Final Fantasy XII because you could kind of give all your characters like pre-programmed commands. And I know there were people who like gave their characters a set of commands and then let the fight run for like 12 hours until they won. Oh, really? <laughs> and then, yeah, they just basically just left the PlayStation running while they went to work and lived their life. And like, like okay, like I, I'll admit there's a place for those types of challenges and there are people who appreciate those types of challenges i once upon a time yes i've beaten every boss in final fantasy 7 at some point so once upon a time that was me not anymore yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a shame because especially a game like final fantasy 7 you know and, and i think this applies by and large to like most jrpgs if not even rpgs in general but even games in general but there's a certain sort of mentality like when i get a game like i want to do everything in the game i want to get all the achievements i want to unlock all the the weapons i want to get all the characters everything and you know like 
you know, now it's like when I go to get a game, like I have, I know like there's certain content in that game. I'm just not going to get to like whatever, you know, you know, what, what most, whatever's unlocked behind the, you know, deepest time sink is probably not getting experienced. Like, you know, I mean, I've played some eight hour games and I'm like, I'm glad that game was eight hours. That was perfect. I got it. I got to the end. I saw the, the final cut scene. I can move on with my life. Like that was it. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh I totally see where you're coming from uh with that. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like I am one of the people who definitely will be purchasing that game. I will be purchasing that remake. Uh because I do like Final Fantasy Seven, but I like I I definitely will not be doing like the Ruby weapon fight or anything oh. like that. Because... Oh man, I I wanna see what was it, the golden what was that casino that they go to? Oh yeah, the golden uh Fuck, what is it called? Because uh, you can you can go to that in Final Fantasy fourteen. So, really, that's yeah. in Final. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's a Final. You may, Fantasy. you may have just got me to subscribe to Final Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> just to go check that out. Yeah, it's like I want to say the Golden Nugget, but that's like a real casino. <laughs> that is a real casino. Yes, <laughs> not the Golden Nugget. Not the gold. The Golden Lotus is from Warcraft. Um, I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, there's the other thing I'm curious to see is if they actually do let Aerith be resurrectable or Aerith, uh, depending on who you're talking to. Well, uh, right. What do you mean resurrectable? Well, allegedly, allegedly, she was supposed to be resurrectable in the original version, and there were some hints, like if you went and some bugs and stuff that indicated they were working on that, and then they never actually got around to implementing it. Uh, like, there was a whole like thread about being able to revive her that wasn't completed. And that's what I'm curious about is if those rumors are to be believed, um, then they'll have the opportunity now to complete that thread and let you revive her. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Uh, they showed some of their uh, indie titles for Ronin, Eater, Mother Russia Bleeds, and Soul uh, Crossing Souls are coming to PS4, so they only showed about four indie titles, which before last year, they were all oh, yeah. indie titles, yeah. 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 Um, so, um, yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, they didn't dig too much into it, even though Mother Russia Bleeds looks very interesting to me. Yeah. As a brawler, like, that was yes. pretty cool. That looked, that looked pretty That cool. was a brutal brawler. <laughs> yes, yes. With a name like Mother Russia Bleeds, like, yeah. kind of, you know what you're getting into. Uh, then I, the thing I thought was very strange was the Shenmue moment for the night. Yes, like the he he was like, yeah, we're not back in Shenmue, but there's a Kickstarter up for Shenmue, and you can totally get involved in this thing. Like, really? <laughs> they like that's what you want to bring up? Yeah, Shenmue has been interesting. Um, technically they are backing Shenmue. Um. The problem is, is that, uh, is it you, Suzuki, who's the guy that's doing that? I believe so. Is that, what is it, uh, I guess the original Shenmue, or maybe it was Shenmue 2, one of them, one of them had a budget of $75 million. Yeah. And the Kickstarter was only for $2 million. So, that's a $73 million difference. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's it's very, like, if you do get involved in this Kickstarter, you have to know that the sole reason they're doing this Kickstarter, uh, this Kickstarter, is to show that they that there is an interest in this game. Yes. 
That is the sole purpose of this Kickstarter, because they're going to need so much more money to get anywhere near the quality of the game, unless they do it in the same exact graphics as well, before. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, here's the thing is that Suzuki has been very tight-lipped on whatever budgetary constraints they have and who's actually funding them. Sony has said they are funding Shenmue uh, out, outside of the Kickstarter, obviously. Um, and the Kickstarter did hit its $2 million goal. I think it took 13 hours, I think I saw, something like that. Uh-huh. Like, it didn't take very long for it to get that money. Like, every everybody everybody who was there pretty much came with their blank check, you know, signed over to Suzuki because they were expecting this game to be just be uh, be, be uh, revealed. Um, so, I mean, there is definitely interest there. Um, and there are a lot of questions about the budget that we're not getting answered. But it seems that they have to know whatever they're planning to do with Shenmue that the Kickstarter is not the biggest like it, it's actually a relatively small part of the budgetary pie. It has to be. It can't be for what for the for you know if this is a triple A title, two million dollars is nothing. And so I, I think you're entirely right that this is mostly just to gauge interest. In a way, it's kind of like pre-orders, um, except you get more kickbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see in that regard. You know. You know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, it was funded at this point with major backing from companies like Sony and whoever else may have been demanding the $2 million up front before they give them more money. Um, I don't see why we shouldn't expect Shenmue to be successful. Um, that said, you know, not even a Kickstarter game, but there's plenty of AAA titles that fail for whatever, you know, number of reasons. Um so I mean, you know, we're we're nowhere near being out of the woods on, or yet on on any of this, but um, but no, it, it, it's it it it, it, it it's, this feels like a bit of a misuse of Kickstarter. Um, but that said, of all the games that we've seen kickstarted, I'm a lot less worried about this one because there's clearly a lot going on with this game outside of the Kickstarter that I'm not so I'm not so much worried about like problems with the Kickstarter fund. Yeah, like I think like. Like you're right. This is purely to gauge interest, and now like the they Kickstarter. <laughs> you, just, you just said that I was right when I said that you were right. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, that's because we're always right, Nick. Yes. Yeah. We always right cast. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. The uh, like the the they hit. Well, I checked it today. They had they were over three million. They're up over. Oh wow. Okay. So They're over three million. Maybe at they'll this, get 73 million on the Kickstarter. I'll be honest with you. I think at this point, just to be fair, they really need to stop collecting. They need to stop collecting, and you know whoever's going to back them, like what whoever's going to publish the thing, just needs to fucking publish the game. Uh, and whoever you know who's going to be part of Kickstarter, let them get their uh, prizes and stuff like that. And that's it. Because other than that, because there's going to if they continue to grow this and they continue to get don- these these Kickstarter donations. And then they turn around by, okay, we're getting picked up by a publisher. You know what kind of, like, what that's going to look like, and people are going to be pissed. That's going to be a lot of negative press. I don't think people should be pissed, though, because, like, clearly that, that, like, clearly that's going to happen. Like, because they're not, like, two million is, like, like you said, two million is nothing. And so, like, that's to be expected. So, I mean, people can get pissed. I have no problem with them keeping the Kickstarter at this point because, I mean, fundamentally, you know, whatever bonuses and, and, and I haven't actually looked to see what they're offering at the different reward levels. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if people want to give money to the game and, and, you know, get whatever rewards they can, um, that's great. I know that uh, 
did, did I mention this before that uh, Suzuki had said that um, the main thing that the Kickstarter is going to control is the scope of the game. Depending on how much money they get, that'll kind of influence how much they can add to the game. So I guess they've got like a base game planned and then sort of whatever they can expand beyond that. That's really what that money's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they have a backer who has said like, okay, we'll give you this much money, see how much you can get from the Kickstarter, and then we'll just subtract that from what we're going to give you. So you've got your budget of, you know, say 75 million and we'll give you, you know, 72 to 73 million, depending on how much you get from Kickstarter. Then I could see some kind of situation like that. Right, right. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but I mean, like at this point, it's it's. I mean, oh, I don't know if they just didn't read internet forums or whatever, but obviously there's a huge demand for the game, especially because it went unfinished, man. Just the way the game ended, it was a big what the fuck. Like, why did they not finish this goddamn game? You don't do a Kickstarter if you, especially in this kind of situation, like you don't you don't announce a Kickstarter at E3 unless you've been reading the internet forums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they knew, they knew they were like, there's such demand here. We can probably put this up on Kickstarter and people just start throwing money at us. Because, I mean, how many times before Shenmue did you see, you know, like, have you seen people throwing that meme around of uh, Fry with the shut up and take my money? Yes. <laughs> I mean, so this is literally, this is literally the shut up and take my money moment <laughs> because they're literally collecting. So... I mean, I mean, even then, we often see that we'll often see that with some of the games with the you know when you, it's available for, for pre-order now, we'll see that announcement sometime. But this is, you know, this isn't even pre-ordering. This is kickstarting. So, yeah. So, but I was excited for for it. I definitely would love to see a, a new Shimu game, uh, just to finish the story, man. Just just to finish the goddamn story because it left it in a really, really weird place. <laughs> like <laughs> it left it. Me and uh, Joey Men talked about that like a long time ago, and like it just left the story in such a weird place, you know. Um, but uh, let's see what else. What happened after that? They showed uh, the Arkham Knight like the preview for the Scarecrow missions. Oh which, yeah, which I thought it was interesting. I thought they were gonna show more than that though, but it was literally just a preview for the Scarecrow missions. But Arkham Knight comes out next week, so. I guess but since it's so close to the, uh, you know, to release time, yeah. they're kind of just buckling down and getting ready. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Oh, after that, yeah, that they talked about PlayStation Plus, and the um the View channel, like oh, you know, yeah. the PlayStation View, and how PlayStation Plus members get a discount. I'm like, all right, you know, keep you the swinging around that PlayStation uh, Plus, uh, you know, membership. Yeah. That was pretty awesome, I thought. Um, I honestly thought the biggest slap in the face that Sony... You know, because, you know, Microsoft shot across Sony's bow with that we're not going to charge for games you already own comment. Yeah. But, dude, like, when so, when Black Ops... When I saw Black Ops 3 show up at the Sony conference, I knew something was up. And then they announced that all that all DLC will be on PlayStation first. I think that's a huge blow to Microsoft. I also think it's a stupid move for Activision. To be honest with you, I mean, Call of Duty has been notoriously um, neglected on Sony platforms. I remember, like, it was either the first or the second Black Ops had massive multiplayer issues that never got resolved. On the Xbox, on the on on the PS3, and the 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 core of the of their console players 
play on Xbox. They do. They play on Xbox because they got the DLC first. The game performed better. It was just the way it is. It was. It was. You know. It was a multi-platform uh, title, but it just it played better on Xbox. And uh, now they're just flipping the script. Like their audience is gonna flip right over. Well, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like this is something that the companies make a bigger deal out of than the players do. Because if I'm, and feel free to correct me if I'm perceiving this wrong, but if I've got like six guys that we all play a game together with, and we all we have our console, and you know that's that's how we roll, and all of a sudden the game, you know the the new the content is now coming out two weeks earlier, a month earlier on the other system. I can't see all six of us being like, well, shit, now we gotta get that. Like I could see, like I could see if maybe if we already had both systems maybe you know at that point that this might encourage us to jump to the other system but it would have to be all six of us having the same system because if we all play together we're you know we're all going to coordinate this ahead of time that we're going to be like okay well what do we get it for because if you don't want to be that one guy that buys it on the wrong system because then you're out right yeah and so that's what i'm saying man like they like their their core i think their core player base which is console at this point yeah and uh you know, it, it's it's Xbox. Yeah. And now they're just kind of like, oh, we're flipping the script. Yeah, but I, it, it, fundamentally, I, I would think most people who have been playing on Xbox will continue to play on Xbox. Oh, well, they are. Content, they yeah, are. And, and really, this is, if anything, this is Activision just ripping off Sony and Microsoft. Because it's like, well, you know, they're going to pay us this much to, you know, for, for the, the content to be there first. How much are you going to pay us? And then, you know, and then Sony and Microsoft are like, oh, we can get a leg up on the other guy. So, yeah, here, Activision, shut up and take my money. And so that's – this is – it's really it's, – it's a form of extortion, I think, with, with – minimal with minimal upside from for for really either developer it's just bragging rights it's just they're you know like you said what about street fighter like a chance for them to slap their dick in their face it's nothing it's nothing significant oh yeah i i I agree i just uh i don't know it seems that when it comes to call of duty they have their one platform that works very very well and then they the other platforms kind of suffer in other ways it feels like to a degree even though with Advanced Warfare, I didn't hear that much complaining from either the PC or the PlayStation side. So maybe in this case, it's it's really just is a uh, you know the the uh, the DLC comes out first. You know, were, were there any Activision games at Microsoft this year? Um, I can't remember to be honest with like, you. I don't recall any yeah like <laughs> I know we t- talked about them but i don't i don't remember i don't remember mentioning activision once there yeah now now that you bring it up like i don't not recall any uh any any games you know this this may too this may have fallen out maybe they felt that they've had a good reception with like sony being like the destiny console but they're like okay well we'll, we'll throw call of duty behind it as well maybe i don't know or maybe Maybe they're just kind of like, well, Sony's kind of leading the pack now, so we're gonna go over there. See ya. But, but they're, they're going where the play, they're going where the players are. Yeah, that could be too. That, that's that's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it basically feels like Activision might just be a, a gold digging whore. <laughs> I ain't saying she's no gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. 
I don't know, but like, yeah, that I think that was a huge slap in the face because I mean, for for years, for, for as long as I can remember, yeah, it was always like, and and of course, you know, you get your DLC first on Xbox. But but is it though? Like, don't. is it really? Is it that much of a slap in the face? Because like we were praising the Microsoft show earlier, we did not mention at all the absence of Call of Duty. Like Microsoft doesn't need them. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. I just. You know, it's just funny to see Activision, you know, it's not an unexpected move because when, you know, when Xbox was on the top of their game, you know, Activision was with Xbox and now they're, they're, now they're climbing back up, but Sony has the, has the apparent advantage here. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, that they, they, uh, <laughs> went with another suitor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Activision's just a front runner. Yeah, they just went with another sh- another suitor. What can you say? Hey, you know they they do they they're trying to run a business here. You know. <laughs> well, I have yeah. to say I have to give credit to Activision because they managed to find somewhere to get all their games presented without actually having their own conference again. Like I don't understand why they don't like EA. That's because their... they have two games. <laughs> <laughs> they basically have two games. I don't know, like, that's, a, I mean, one, they, they just have very large games, though. One's Call of Duty, one's Destiny, both record-breaking franchises, you know? And they they live and breathe those franchises, you know? No, but they, they, even, they even got the Skylanders promotion out on uh, the Nintendo one. Oh, I'm sorry, that is true. They got, they, yeah, they do have Skylanders. For uh, for Nintendo, you're absolutely you're absolutely yeah, right. I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll, and, and we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. Like they they've they, like Activision, they're they're like a parasite. <laughs> they just, <laughs> they just la- latch on everybody else's conventions and just slip their stuff in that way. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Like they 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 don't. You're right. They don't have a bunch of big titles. I mean, now they're Activision Blizzard, but before. Yeah, and they were just Activision, but now they're Activision Blizzard. You know, you have World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, well, you have Blizzard in general. Just, yeah, and, uh, and even even Blizzard showed up at the PC gaming uh, briefing. Yes, you're right. They did. You know, so I don't know. There's only one other. I shouldn't say one other publisher, but the the publisher that I can think of that drops like bombs every once in a while, and then just walks away is uh, Take Two. That's not Take Two, but yes. 2K. Yes. 2K is like that. Like, I mean, like, look at who they have, like, you know, Gearbox, Rockstar. You know, Rockstar, I don't even think Rockstar releases a game yearly. No, uh, I don't think they had anything this year. Uh, I mean, unless you count GTA 5. <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah. That's, a, that's just a remake. Yeah. You know? So now you're, you are 100% right. They, uh, they don't have that much. Um, well, they, they, they didn't really have anything new. Uh, but let's move on. After that, they they showed Uncharted Four, which that's another game that I mean, it looked good. Don't get me wrong, it looked good. It looked great. It looked like Uncharted, and that means it's it looks it looks like a great game, you know. And it just looked like the world was more destructible. But I didn't I didn't yes. see anything new, and that's not a problem. Don't get me wrong. It may sound like I have a problem with that. It's not a problem. But what I saw was Uncharted made to look better for new consoles, and it's fine because Uncharted's an amazing yeah. game. Yeah. What, what 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 I liked, uh, yeah, and yes, I'm gonna harp harp on this a little bit, but when they first started up the demo and then it froze for a good thirty seconds, 
Well, it didn't freeze. Like it just was that you have a controller wouldn't work. You have a controller wouldn't work. They have to restart the demo. Well, that's well. Allegedly, I've heard speculation that that was all faked so that they could be like, "Look, we've actually got a playable demo. Like this is real. See, we were actually going to do this. We were ready to do this, and we had whatever problem, and and we had to go back and air the pre-made one." Because they wanted it, they wanted it to look like they were actually trying, as opposed to just showing something pre-made from the start. Oh please! People are so <laughs> used to pre-made, you know, E3 demos at this point. You know why? Well, like it, it doesn't matter. Like it, I don't think like, well, nobody's taken it that deep, except you know, gaming uh, conspiracy theorists. Exactly. Well, if 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 I can actually throw some praise at Kotaku, uh, Patrick Klepek had an article up that went up. Uh, last week before E3 um, talking about the history of like not really the history of E3 demos but kind of like a little behind the scenes look at E3 demos and he talked he, he interviewed uh, Ken Levine about the Bioshock demo uh, in, the Bioshock Infinite demo and, and uh, it was an interesting piece uh, that I'd recommend as far as he talked about some of the reasons why developers do the pre-scripted demos and why you know it's not like they're necessarily trying to cheat by show, you know giving you something that's been pre-rendered um but it, it you know it's just for a matter of making sure everything goes smoothly that you know especially because a game in development isn't always in a presentable state that they want to make sure that they don't embarrass themselves you know by by putting out what's out there i know what was it assassin's creed crashed was it last year at the microsoft show was it or two years ago yeah it did yeah so, it crashed so that so it, it happens but yeah but that's because it was a shitty assassin's creed yeah, that should have been the sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, th- that that happened before, so. Uh but let's see, let's move on from that. that let's move on to Nintendo who they just continue living in their own space. They really do. They didn't have a E3 show. They did have a uh one of their Nintendo Directs. That's what they call them, right? Nintendo Directs, right? Yes. And it was basically just like a, a trailer show. Like a lot, a lot of the stuff they showed had no explanation behind it. It was just like this is coming, <laughs> that's like coming. <laughs> yes, and they had Muppets. Everybody was made out of Muppets. Like it was, that, yeah, that I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that like Japanese culture, you know, when filtered through like American presentation, can either be fun or scary. And I thought the Nintendo presentation was the fun way. I yes. appreciated the Muppets. I enjoyed all the little vignettes and stuff. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought that was a, that was a, a, especially after, you know, you know, sitting through like the sort of the, the the Microsoft and the Sony conferences, as good as they were. Like Nintendo was a nice change of pace. It was. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the developer stories. Yes. Um, yes. especially for some reason, the one that uh, about the Yoshi's uh, Woolly World. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it was, it was it was cute the way she said Yarn Yoshi. Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a. I don't know. I just I don't think it, if it was it came from American, it wouldn't. No, I don't think they would have said Yarn Yoshi. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. Just the way just the way it came off. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but that was nice. Uh, I guess one of the I think the biggest announcement was Star Fox Zero. When they went, that was the first thing they showed. That's for the 3DS, right? No, that, that's for the Wii U. Is it? Okay. Was it just me or did the graphics... I, I know, it was like harping on Nintendo for the graphics. Like, <laughs> why bother? Yeah, but, exactly. No, but the, the, even for the Wii U, like those graphics felt a little underdeveloped. 
I don't think so. They looked fine to me for Wii U. For Wii U, they looked fine for me. Maybe maybe that's the thing. I'm I'm it's <laughs> I'm still I'm still a little bit off on my expectations for that console then. Yeah, like it looked fine for me. I uh I thought it was uh you know, I'm a huge Star Fox fan. I don't think there's been any game that I've beaten more thoroughly than Star Fox sixty four. And um the Star Fox for the GameCube was very, very di- it was very, very disappointing. That was the one with the dinosaurs, right? No, that was one there was the first one with the dinosaurs and there was Star Fox Assault that came after that. Oh, okay. Which was um yeah, it was not uh it was not good. <laughs> Just put it like that, it was not good. It was bad. And uh this one, I mean, of course I can't I can't I, I won't know how good it is until I actually uh until I actually fucking play it. But um they had a transforming R Wing, which apparently was supposed to be in Star Fox two. Yeah. According to Miyamoto, who they did one of those dev diary things. Um, with Miyamoto, and he was saying that was supposed to be in Star Fox 2, but since Star Fox 2 didn't make it, uh, you know, we put, you know, I'm glad to see it in here, so I thought that was pretty cool. And the game, and the, the Wii U gamepad, apparently, is always going to be in first-person view. So, you can always look at the Wii U gamepad and get a first-person, get a first-person perspective from, uh, you know, from the cockpit. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, I thought I thought that was cool how the way they were like moving the Wii U pad around and like it would move the camera so that you could kind of see what you know where things were like kind of looking. You almost like you to look behind you while you're still. I mean, I guess you need extra hands for that. I guess, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I thought that was pretty. That was pretty cool. So I'm actually excited for it. Um, if it if it comes out and it's good enough, I might it might be that with Smash Brothers and of course other Nintendo titles. Maybe there, maybe give me a, well, a good reason to uh, get a Wii U. You know, finally. <laughs> get a, finally get a Wii U. Um, what else they had? They had uh, Skylanders Superchargers, which that actually looked pretty cool, but that means you have to invest into the Skylanders universe. I'm yes. Like, I'm not ready to make that. I'm not ready to make that jump, man. No. If I had kids, maybe. But uh, no, not, not by myself. The 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 worst this this is what I dread about eventually becoming a parent at some point. But like between Disney Infinity and Skylanders and the Amiibos, like ain't nobody got money for that. Like nah, fuck on. that, kid. You got to pick one. You pick yeah. one. Yeah, and then that's choose that's wisely. Choose wisely. You pick one, kid, and that that's that. There will be no both. We don't have room for all that crap in this no. house. Although to be fair, I probably would I, I probably would have said the same thing like you know like you know between picking between like Sony and Nintendo and Microsoft, <laughs> and now we have multiple consoles. So. I don't know, but they're not. Well, I would say you can get different things from the different consoles. They're not all the same thing. Like Skylanders and Disney Infinity are like the same thing. Yeah, you know. So, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they had the Zelda Triforce Heroes, which is like a multiplayer 3DS game. Yeah. Where you can hook up multiple 3DSs and play together. Or connect to multiple DSs. And you can play online. Okay, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So isometric top-down. I guess that's pretty cool for Zelda fans. Hyrule Warriors. That will come into 3DS called Hyrule Warriors Legends. That, I thought, was... That perked my ears up a little bit when I heard about that. And for Hyrule Warriors Legends, DLC characters are included, and there's new levels, so it's actually better than the version that's on the Wii U. 
So that ain't bad at all. That ain't bad at all. Uh, they had they showed like a like a, a trailer for Metroid Prime Federation Force, which is four player co op on 3DS. Fire Bates, which is for Wii U. Xeno Chronicles X. Happy Animal Crossing, Happy Home Designer, Animal Crossing, Amiibo Festival. They had just had trailers also. They didn't really talk about any of this stuff. I, I have to say that Animal Crossing, was it the festival, the, the, the Animal Crossing board game? Yeah, the Amiibo Festival. That that looked amazing. <laughs> and you, there's a K.K. Slider Amiibo. I don't know. I saw it. I was like, okay, maybe it's just not my thing. I don't know. I, 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 as someone who, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking I should dig out my Animal Crossing and... and turn that back on and see how terribly terribly weed covered my village is because i haven't been there in eight years i don't even know the last time i went there. oh wow <laughs> like yeah that 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 hit the perfect like sweet spot of nostalgia and i thought the like the, i thought the, the the board game was funny what it like uh like one of the characters landed on a spot and it said something like spend the evening playing a, a computer board game with your friends you know yeah. like get points and like everybody got points i was like oh that's that's a nice i, I don't know that looked it's it's one of those things where it was like it, it's like i mean i think mario party is still sort of like the the gold standard of like you know vir- virtual board games in that regard right but, another nintendo product but yeah right. but <laughs> yeah but I, I, this felt like a perfectly natural way to take that concept and put animal crossing spin on it and it was just it was just happy <laughs> it just i don't know it, it, it just it just it just made me feel good yeah, they show you know Yoshi's Woolly World, yes, which that looked interesting to me. I mean, I actually, I, I actually am a fan of those Yoshi games. They, they're good. They're, I don't know, they're good games. Typically, I haven't yes. played one in quite a while, so I don't know if they, you know, have been on the downturn since I haven't been there to critique them. But uh, you know, generally they're they're really really good and fun games, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, they have the, the Nintendo mashing two games together. They have a new game, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, which is basically Mario the Mario and Luigi games mixed with Paper Mario. Like the that, two universes collide. That looked amusing. <laughs> that did, yeah, with the two Bowsers arguing yes. with each other. Yes. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. If you're a fan of uh, of Mario, and then yeah, but and, cool. and then that had a ton of fun little gimmicks. Like there was one. Like because you've got Mario, Luigi, and then Paper Mario all working together. So like, there was a point where like they needed like Paper Mario to turn into like a paper airplane. Yeah. And then he could pick, he could pick up Mario or Luigi to dodge whatever was attacking them. Like, there's a lot of fun mechanics. They really, they've they know how to you know leverage the you know the gimmick for each franchise as it were and kind of mix them together in an interesting way. Yeah, that was that was interesting to uh, to see, and that's why Nintendo is Nintendo. Yes. Who else is doing that with first first party uh, characters? Sony tried to do something similar with like you know, you know um, uh, what's called uh, God. I can't remember the name of the game. So a uh, PlayStation All Stars, and people didn't even call it PlayStation All Stars. They called it Sony Smash. Yes, <laughs> you know, and and you obviously that studio got shut down, so that didn't end well. No. Um, which yeah, and that's why that's why Nintendo's Nintendo, man. Nintendo is Nintendo. Um. After that, they showed Super Mario Maker, which is I, I don't know if if it's a game or if it's gonna be downloadable, if it's gonna be free. But you can make Mario levels and do what you want. You can even mix that with amiibos because you can make it so that when uh you attach an amiibo, when you get a mushroom, now you transform into that amiibo character as opposed to whatever was in the mushroom. 
Well, it, what I thought was cool was when they did the developer story. Like they basically talked about how this was based off the actual tool that they used to make the Mario games. Yeah. That they they actually built you know they built a little you know system for building the Mario games, and then they what was amazing is they pulled out the old design documents from the old Super Mario Brothers games. Like here, like here's graph paper where we drew out all the pixels and stuff for how the world was going to be laid out. And it's like damn, <laughs> like that was that was that was interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, that I thought that was uh pretty awesome. But and I don't know, I think it's like it's kind of they give you a good history of kind of how, how game design worked. Yes. Because I think in, in, up until that point, up until that point with Nintendo, you pretty much had programmers designing these games. Yes. And Nintendo had designers design the game and they handed that stuff over to the programmers to program it. Yeah, they just gave me a moto just like a stack of graph paper and they said do your thing. <laughs> Yeah, and like that he designed this excellent game. Yes. And that's that that's that's a lot of history right there. He even talked about how, you know, Mario worked. Like we've heard we've heard before before why games like Mario and um Mega Man make excellent uh lessons on game design. Yes. And how they teach the player how to play and he actually went through the mindset of what he was going through. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. You know, with the whole, you jump over the one guy and then you learn to hit the bricks and then you got the mushroom right there and yeah, yeah. that was all yeah, and yeah, and it's one of those things like in hindsight, like you 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 look back at that and you're like like it it's so intuitive that it's like you you it, it's functioning on such a level like you you just completely miss it when you're looking at it, but then when you actually think about it, it makes complete sense. Like that whole one one layout is just brilliant. Absolutely. And even, I thought, you know what I thought was interesting? When he talked about how the first level they made was 2-1. Yes. He said 2-1 was the first level. He's like, okay, now we need to back it off a little well, bit. Well, he says he does that for every game, that the first thing he works on is 2-1. And, like, that's kind of what he wants the game to be. And then he's like, okay, now let me figure out how to – let me figure out the world that will teach people how to play through this one. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was pretty cool. So Nintendo wanted to definitely uh, want to watch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's, I'm sorry, go ahead. As you say, I did like too that when they were showing the Mario Maker, they had a cat making levels. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, like they're showing the little screen with the, 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 like, the little widgets for moving around and stuff. And there's a cat's paw moving stuff around. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> crazy Nintendo. Yeah. So moving on to the PC game show. And to be honest, I don't even think we're going to talk about this for this long because the way the, the PC game show was set up, I think you just need to watch it. Yeah, yeah, because like the PC game show was literally like a show, and yeah, not like a just, talk show. It was like a talk show. And at first, when I first started watching, I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be lame." Yes, and, yes. You know, this is gonna be boring. But then they actually started talking, and it was so interesting. Yes, that that was maybe my favorite presentation. Yeah, me too. Like me, too, I can honestly say the PC game show is my favorite presentation. And and I, and I say that with the caveat. That it was two and a half hours long. Oh my god! When I was, yeah, I saw the timer. I'm like, geez. But then it kind of just like started sliding by. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. But yeah, each person that came out, they didn't just announce a game. Only one person did that. One person uh, came out, and he, you could tell he was nervous. He yes, was so no, the, the, nervous. There were like, I, th- I think there were maybe three presenters who actually came out and did like actual presentations. And and the one that you're talking about, the guy that was nervous, was one of them. Um, there were three of those. I don't remember there being three of them. I remember there were like, like at least t- at least two of them. There, there was that guy and then one other guy. Like they didn't like because he, he the, the format that he had it was a what Sean Day Nine Slot is his name I think yeah. or Plot 
Yeah. Um, you know, sitting at a desk, and then there was a little couch there, um, like a talk show. And then, uh, you know, the, the developers would come out and sit on the couch, and there was a screen above them to show whatever demos they had. And then they, you know, he, they, you know, talk for maybe five minutes a person, and then you know, move on to the next guy. Um, but, you know, I think there were two, de- two at least two, because I remember there was that guy and at least one other who came out and didn't sit on the couch. They just came out and did their presentation like they were speaking at speaking at E3 ostensibly. This felt to me like it should have been called like E3 after dark. Yeah. <laughs> like I would yeah. love it if if next year, instead of doing this all in one shot, uh, you know, like one two and a half hour block. If every night they did maybe a half hour or an hour, um, you know, one it would break it up a bit. But two, it's like th- this is like a nice, you know, it 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 felt like a nice uh, like a nice nightcap at the end of the day. Like and maybe they like I wouldn't mind if and I, I think the biggest problem here would just be logistics. Um, be, be, you know, I wouldn't mind if they did this if this was like a weekly segment somewhere. Um, if there's like actually a TV show somewhere, like you know, like every you know, once a week, they had like three developers, you know, come out talk show style, um, you know, just just talk with, you know, I mean, I thought day nine was a great host. I had no problem with him. Um, yeah. And, and it, I, I, I know I've, I know he did some Hearthstone streaming. So that's how I was familiar with him. So I was surprised that he was like actually doing like, like, you know, like, he was, he was, you know, it felt, you know, like, like actual talk show. I was a little surprised. But you know it was it was perfectly you know it was well executed i mean i know i i enjoyed yeah. it way more than i thought i would well he he was just rolled with the punches especially when they had technical problems yes like well, who was the guy that he came that came out and had trouble with his mic with the microphone oh my god and, yeah, he yeah. was like can you hear me he's like just, just come close to me just, yeah. just and he made him talk right next to his face yeah he made him talk right next to his face i thought that was hilarious yeah yeah, that that was that was really good. It, it was very funny. Uh, the show, the show was like really really funny, and um, I don't know. Like you're right. Like it, just having the, the the devs come out, and instead of just saying here's the game, here are the features, they actually talked in depth about the game and the problems that they were having, and you know all types of stuff. Well, well I, th- I think you know too, because I mean, and I, I mean, you've you've been to more PAXs than I have. Um, but I mean, yeah, when, when you actually can get the developers and actually just start talking to them as like people talking about not shilling your product, but just talking about the experiences, like developing it and what you're dealing with, you know, like they light, they light up, like this is their passion. And like, that's like all they've been working on for who knows how long. So like, yeah, they're going to get excited about that. And they're going to, when they get excited like that, they're going to be incredibly interesting, you know? And so. Yeah, so it was a re- really it was a, a different way to present the information because it wasn't just a bland presentation. It wasn't just them coming out and reading a feature list, um, you know. And I, th- I think Nintendo even kind of tapped into the same kind of thing a little bit with their developer diaries that we talked about earlier, where you know it was you know you're kind of talking to the the developers outside of a presentational setting. Um, Square Enix fell into that trap. We'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> yes, but. I mean, it was a great way. The, P- the, P- the PC presentation, I mean, for as, as, you know, like we said, it was two and a half hours long, but it flew by. And like at no point did I sit there and be like, oh, my God, like, when is this over? Like it was it was two and a half hours of solid content. And I'm not saying that I'm interested in all the games that were presented. I'm not saying I'm going to buy all the games that were presented. Um, but especially, too, for a lot of like some of the indie games uh, like Beyond Eyes, uh, I think that was shown at the Sony conference that was yeah. one of the indie games there like you know here we got an extended 
chance to sit with the developer and hear her talk about it. that's an interesting game it's about a character who's blind on what's predominantly a visual medium like how do you even what how do you come up with that concept but then how do you present that and to hear her talking about the concept of like trying to represent smell in the game or trying to you know or you know rolling on sound cues and then i thought one of the things she said was interesting was how um you know because she has the character has a limited experience with the world at first you'll hear like running water and you'll think oh it's a fountain and then you'll get closer and once you get closer and you can actually smell it you realize oh it's a sludge pool (laughs) yeah and that's the other thing that made me interested in the game because when she came out on the sony on the sony stage i'm just kind of like okay and i was not interested i was like okay whatever but then when she came out again when she said oh when they i remember i remembered the name yes she came out again i was like she's gonna talk about that game again and yes. then she started talking, I was like, oh, okay, this game actually seems pretty cool. This was an excellent, excellent showing. Yes, and th- and that's the thing is I think especially because of the the you know with Sony and and their focus on the AAA titles like they're trying to they're trying to promote the indie stuff but they don't give it enough time and that's a that's such a high concept game that that I mean fundamentally that's how I dismissed it is like oh it's some high concept game moving on but yeah. when she actually came out and, and started to explain it and get into it I'm like this actually this is actually pretty cool and it, it, you know and it's funny too because she's not a developer so it's one of those like you know she learned development with this game kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's like that's you know that game. Even after seeing it at Sony, it wasn't on my radar. But after seeing her presentation at the 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 uh, the PC gaming briefing, now that game is on my radar. That's something that I might pick up. Um, hopefully, when it'll be on like PlayStation Plus or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I mean, it's definitely you know uh, you know like that presentation i mean that that was great for the developers and it was it was interesting too because you had such a mix of developers but you because you had you know you had like small you know like kind of like indie pc developers coming out to talk about their game and then you had you know like you had phil spencer there (laughs) yeah and i mean who's there to kind of shepherd through the people that have been working with the uh the, the xbox live indie games and also um you know he was there because again like these all these are all windows games i mean that's where you play your pc games um so Microsoft does have an interest in, in PC gaming thriving. Um, and even then, uh, I mean, Spencer admitted that, uh, you know, what was it? They, 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 they've made some mistakes with PC gaming in the past. Yeah. So, which, you know, we mentioned earlier, which is you know, oh, pretty impressive. But, you know, yes. at the same time, it's like, yeah, but it wasn't me. So, yeah, that's <laughs> right. So, um, but no, it, uh, no, uh, no, that I, I thought it was great. I, uh, uh, you know, and again, like too, like that's you got to hear the dev uh, for No Man's Sky talk a bit about his game a little more, um, and there he kind of talked more about the combat aspect of it and the, um, I guess kind of the the purpose. I guess as you get like further into the world, like and and uh, like I know you talked about the, the demo that he did with Sony showing the scope, but here he actually started getting to like I guess you've got the the Sentinels that are uh, I guess like when you as you start to explore the world, the Sentinels openly try to stop you, and sort of that's I guess the primary conflict in the game um which yeah yeah so i mean so 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 that's you know so that was good to see um yeah there was i mean yeah it's, it, it, there's a lot it's as i said it's two and a half hours um but it's a worth it it's a worthy two and a half hours and yeah we couldn't even begin to cover everything that they talked about there yeah it's just it's one of those things where it is just better to watch it like it really like it's you know, it's it's kind of like we would be here talking forever if, if we went and actually hit the talking points. You know, all yeah. the talking points. Uh, just to give you, I guess, an idea of what of what you can expect. They had just a few of the games: Killing Floor Two, Deus Ex, um, which actually the Deus Ex demo I thought was very impressive. 
And yes. I thought it was important because it actually made me interested in that game. I <laughs> like, like the new Deus Ex. I like the Deus Ex presentation at the PC one better than what they did at Square Enix. Oh, absolutely. Because they actually showed like gameplay. Like the Square Enix one, they showed more... Uh, more trailer it was like more yes. trailer more story stuff but this actually showed the uh the gameplay dude like it was it because like, the guy was just talking they would it showed it showed off the graphics and everything yeah. it was dude it was nice like it, it looked really nice and you could tell like they showed it off on pc i won because of that showed but just the way it looked like consoles are not scratching at the, at the way that game looked they're just not you know and they, they it was they did an excellent, excellent job, uh, with with the way it looks and like the presentation was much better. Um, so Deus Ex, um, Total War Warhammer, Phil Spencer came out and they showed a couple of those games, some of the same stuff they showed at uh, their conference. Yeah. Uh, there was a Strafe demo where they actually played Strafe, that game with the ridiculous, uh, <laughs> with the ridiculous ad. Uh, what else was there? There was uh, a E Valkyrie VR demo. Oh yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool. And you know, like Nick mentioned earlier, it's hard to actually, uh, I guess, advertise for VR. Yeah, but they they made it look good. Uh, AMD sent two people out. One was like the head scientist of gaming. <laughs> it feels like a totally made up title. Uh, but that was the one. That was one guy. Uh, head scientist of gaming. Uh, who I guess he his his main job was to, uh, was to work on the graphics cards or to engineer graphics cards, or say yes when somebody else engineered a graphics card. <laughs> and then there was actually the CEO of AMD. She came out and unveiled the new card, and uh, there was some excitement. But I gotta be honest with you, I'm done with AMD, dude. Like, I'm not getting another AMD game. I still can't play Rage on my card. I can play Bioshock Infinite with zero problems. But Rage, I can't. It's unplayable for me. And that's because of their uh, OpenGL support. And AMD has has had OpenGL support issues for an extremely long time. You know, and I'm just, I'm done trying to, like, waiting for it to get fixed. You know, so that's that. Uh, showed some new armor stuff that Beyond Eyes, another game called Dirty Bomb, um, which is team-based combat. Um, a new horror game from the guys who made Amnesia. Cliffy B came out and he talked about you know what he did on his uh, long vacation. And then they showed a demo for a game called Enter the Gungeon, which I am very interested in, to be honest with you. Was that the Bullet Hell one? That was the Bullet Hell one, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was the boy at one, and I'm very interested in that Enter the Gungeon. So, that was cool. And then, of course, they showed uh, Here's the Storm. They showed Rising Storm 2, like, I guess, um, uh, the sequel to Rising Storm, obviously. But this one's in Vietnam. Were, were you interested at all in the uh, the StarCraft trailer? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I, I don't want to watch too much StarCraft. I don't, especially for games that I, I want to get, I don't want to watch trailers for it. Because it's going to ruin the fucking story. <laughs> well, know? this was supposed to be a trailer for the, the prologue. Because they're... Well, I mean, you saw they're going to release the three missions ahead of time. Yeah. To set up that. So, I mean, it's not like it's, it's ruined... It's just ruining the intros to the story. Yeah. Uh, it's just that's just a marketing thing. <laughs> you know, it's just a marketing thing. It's like, oh, yeah, we want to... 
get you all caught up. Well, you know, you could just catch me up in the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, especially since I played the last part. But it's, you know, it's like the fucking uh, the Metal Gear thing, Ground Zeroes, which, by the way, is on PlayStation Plus for free this month. And it's still overpriced. <laughs> yeah, so I actually I downloaded it again simply because I did not have it for uh you know, I didn't I didn't play it on the PS4 so I'm kind of curious as to what it will look like on the PS4. I have to so it's so it's free on the PS4 then this month. Yeah, it's free on the PS4. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll download that then. Yeah. So I've got, but, I got 20 minutes to kill. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, that, the the PC game show. I highly suggest you just watch it, like because it's it's really really good. Yeah, they did a great job with the PC. Game that show. I don't. I, I, it's I don't know that it, it's one of those things where like like the presentation, like we know what the presentations at E3 are going to be like. We know like how slick and well produced like the Sony and the Microsoft and the EA. Like we know what those. And this was just such a nice breather to see people being people it just i don't know and, and especially you know talking about their game like it's still it did everything that the other presentations needed to do but it was just this was just a relief right yeah so i was i was very happy with that uh now we're done with the majors which yes i consider the pc game show a major that's what I, that's what i meant to say how much did you love the opening to the pc gaming uh briefing with the, uh, the the orchestral music and then just all the the PC highlights over the years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if 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 ever like there was like like an entrance video for like the PC Master Race, like that was it. That was they, they that was it. You're right. <laughs> it was it was good. They, they did a good job. Whoever produced it, they really. I hope they keep them on for next year. And yes. They do it again. Yes. One one hundred percent would watch again. <laughs> yes i'd watch that one again <laughs> yeah <laughs> if next year's is disappointing i'll just put this one back in <laughs> yeah it, it was good it was good uh but let's move into our individual publishers now we're going to cover bethesda ea ubisoft and uh square enix um uh, didn't konami do one last year i guess they didn't do one this year well they're, they're know, not they, in the games de- de- yeah. development anymore. <laughs> yeah. konami is just like fuck everybody they're walking around e- e3 with middle fingers up <laughs> that's what Konami's doing right now um but Bethesda actually I enjoyed their 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 show even though apparently they streamed it early by accident they streamed yes. their practice show <laughs> which is how the news for the the like uh, the official news for um, Fallout 4 got out but um they started I think they started strong with that Doom video oh yeah yeah oh yeah they they started strong with that Doom video, and it was funny because um, I think like they, they they tried to make it look like they were on a uh, a console. I think like with the way the the buttons were, but it was so, like it was so clear that he was playing that game on a PC because just so, just because the way just because of his movement, his movement and and enemy acquisition. Uh, he was definitely playing on a PC, but uh, the Doom, the the new well, Doom is just called. I was gonna say the new Doom. It, it was just called Doom. Um, it uses Ed Tech Six, which, I mean, if they if they use OpenGL, and you have ATI, this may not you may you might have a bad time. But that same problem I just told you about, you might have a mm. bad time, uh, which is why I'm switching to Nvidia, so I don't have to have these issues anymore. Or worry about these issues anymore. Um, 
from what I saw, the maps were set up like arenas, like they weren't like linear. Well, I shouldn't say the maps weren't linear because they do lead you in one direction. But you go into an area, there's like an arena there, so like the fights are non-linear. That's what makes a good single-player shooter, and I think a lot of companies miss that when they make shooters. You've got to have these non-linear gunfights. And like, uh, you know, the, the, you know, Doom is known for that. Uh, Bioshock Infinite was excellent at that. You know, um, I'm trying to think of some other games recently that were good at those, like you know, setting up those arenas. I can't really think because most most first-person shooters they try to lead you through, uh, you know, they try to guide you too much. Like Halo is great at having these arena-style fights, you know. Whereas with Call of Duty, you know, it's just pretty much you move forward, and it's too linear. Um. There's a, a large weapon selection with a weapon wheel, and in the game he kept. I mean, in the game he kept using the weapon wheel, or, or in the uh, sorry, in the demo kept using a weapon wheel. On PC, you're if you can't bind those weapons to your number keys, something's wrong. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I can only imagine you'll be able to bind those on, to your weapon keys. Um, and even when you did switch weapons, it kind of like it didn't freeze time, but it slowed down time dramatically. Yeah. Uh, great visuals and lighting from the the gunshots, the explosions, dude, the melee attacks. Oh my god, when you break somebody's leg and then kick them in the face with their own leg while it's still attached to their leg. Yeah, that was awesome. The chainsaw they they made sure they chainsawed a lot of enemies. Yes, so that you could see that the patterns aren't are, they're not exactly the same. Yeah. That, that I thought that was awesome. Like, the fact that some people had a problem with it. But it was awesome that the, that's why they were kept chainsawing, chainsawing people over and over again. So that you could clearly see that the direction at which you come. And, like, you know, it's not it's not all scripted. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, well, at least presumably without... It's a demo. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's double jumping and climbing. Um... You, the, the melee attacks are just brutal, man. Yeah. Which they should be. And uh, you can actually land on enemies, which is fun. Uh, there's a health bar with no auto-recharging. Like, enemies drop health, and you pick it up. That's the way God intended, and yeah, that's exactly. the way it should be. That's the way... Well, uh, they, yeah, they dropped health in the original Doom. I know there were health packs lying around. But, yeah. 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 So, um, it was... Uh, I, I thought it was awesome. And just uh, they showed the a uh, uh, a demo, uh, well not a demo, but they showed a preview of the multiplayer shooters when that's equipped. You know, it's it's arena shooting. It is fucking arena shooting. It's, it's it's weapons without recoil. It's power ups. It's arena. It's like you know, it's it's an enclosed area, team based. It's it's. I can't wait, dude. I really yeah. cannot wait for this game. Uh, then they showed Doom Snap Map. Which basically it's gonna allow people to be able to mod Doom without having any modding experience. You can it's all visual. And you can you can you can create new maps, you can place items, you can change behaviors, you can do all these things. It's probably the most powerful modding tool I have visual modding tool I've ever seen. So I'm curious to see, you know, if people really get into it, what it's like. The only thing I didn't like about the demo is that they showed hell. 
I think they should have hell should have waited until the actual game. To be honest with you. Well, they should like the it felt it felt kind of like the outskirts of hell. Like there was like a tower, like the tower and a bridge, and I don't know. Like from what I remember of hell in the original Doom, like there was a lot more like blood and guts. Like this felt very much like okay, like this is early hell. Like it's gonna get freakier when you get further in there. Probably, probably. So, I don't know. I think, uh, and the, this Doom was actually, I don't know, like, from what I saw, it was actually pretty bright. It feels like uh, Quake was darker. It feels like, like Quake, uh, Quake 4 was darker than this Doom. I wonder if that was either maybe they wanted it bright to be able to, like, show off a lot of the demo. Like, if it's a dark demo, you just can't see anything. It's not really going to show you anything. Or if that may also be sort of a repudiation of uh, Doom 3 and the whole flashlight fiasco. <laughs> maybe yeah even though i think the flashlight thing in doom 3 was funny with like people making like hello kitty flashlights and modding kits and stuff <laughs> i didn't like know that. about the hello kitty flashlight that oh, is oh yeah they had like they had, like yeah hello kitty flashlights and all types of stuff it was, it was pretty funny um they also announced besides well along with doom they announced bethesda net which was like okay not a rip of battle net at all so, <laughs> well, it'd be a rip of Blizzard Net if it was going to be anything. Oh well, no, it's pretty much Battle Net. It's pretty, it's pretty much Battle.net before Bethesda games. Mm. All Every Bethesda, developer's got to have one. All Bethesda games are now going to like link into this service, this this Bethesda Net service. That's how it's gonna. That's how it's gonna work. All all Blizzard, not Blizzard's games. Sorry, but all Blizzard's, Bethesda games. Wasn't well, that you play for Ubisoft? Um, no, Uplay was more of a, uh, Steam competitor, okay. or Origin competitor. You know Ubisoft, they're a follower. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really a follower. How, how anybody, do you say follower in French? I, I don't know. Follower. Les incompetents. That's the only French I know, it's from Home Alone. That's, that's, that's the only French I know. It means lazy and incompetent, I think. That's what they said in the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but um yeah i mean you that you play was more of a uh was more of a, a digital down or like a digital store competitor you know whereas bethesda net it really feels like they're trying to consolidate all of their games into this account you know even battle.net i mean that's 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 a store too right yeah yeah um yeah, because you can at least download everything, out and and it and there is the BattleNet store. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it, it all it all ties together. Yeah, are, are, are the kids calling it BattleNet now instead of Battle.net? I call it BattleNet. I'm because, not one of the kids though, so I know that's what I'm saying. Because like we you know when it first came out, I'm talking about like you know. I, yeah, I remember. I remember. Well, it, 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 it was Battle.net. It yeah, Battle.net. So is that what you get? That's what you cool kids are calling it. No, I th- I've always skipped the dot. Mm. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Battle, uh, not, God, Bethesda Net is, uh, gonna be Battle.net for all Bethesda games. Uh, so what else? They show another game called Battle Cry, which uh, I never heard of. And that's probably my fault. I probably never heard of it. Uh, I'm supposed to be, you know, on top of these things, but it looks like it, it looks like Team Fortress, but not Team Fortress. More melee, uh, there was more melee. Uh, there's mixed melee and ranged. And it's actually, it, 
actually, yeah, it's um, I guess that's kind of a running theme is that uh, Bethesda is just openly ripping off Blizzard. Um, Battlecry has been compared to Overwatch, and admittedly, like Overwatch was only announced back in November. Um, so I mean, the the whole like sh- you know team based shooter, quasi MOBA. Yeah, uh, type thing like you know, uh, gigantic. We were talking about earlier fits into the same, uh, the same kind of game style. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, Battle Cry is is being compared to Overwatch. Okay, everybody, it's a, it's one of those everybody wants one situations. Well, it, you know, to go back to the PC gaming uh, briefing for a moment, they had the developers from Gigantic there kind of talking about their game a little more. And one of the things they said is that, like, they've been working on Gigantic for a while. Um, I don't know how long Battlecry has been in development, but I don't think it's it's been since November. Um, or I should say it's been longer than just since November. Um, and Overwatch has been in development. I mean, that fell out of the Titan project um, going back to, like, 2007. So... You can't really put a birth date on Overwatch. Um, but I think what it is, is like all these developers kind of had the same general idea. They were all kind of going in the same direction. It's just working out that they're all making the announcements around the same time. So it's almost like this genre is kind of birthing itself almost spontaneously. Um, or there may be a subgenre, like you said. And I mean, it all kind of falls back to Team Fortress 2. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it sort of reminds me of, you know, actually any of those games. I don't know. It's funny because Team Fortress 2 is still running so strong that I'm not necessarily interested, except with the exception of Overwatch. Overwatch looks interesting, but with the exception of Overwatch, I'm not that interested in these other games that are like that. Because I can just go play Team Fortress if I want to play Team Fortress. It it feels like it's a bit like... and I, I mean, actually, even then, we're kind of seeing this now. Um, I mean, Le- League of Legends got lucky... Um, and then you had Dota show up, like Valve trying to establish their dominance, and well, then Dota now you've 2, got you oh Dota two, yes Dota two, and then you've got Heroes of the Storm showing up, which even Blizzard Blizzard's playing that it it, it is, but it's not a MOBA kind of you know it's like a casual MOBA kind of card, and um, I love it, one hundred percent love it. Heroes of the Storm, Heroes of the Storm, nice, absolutely love it. It's because I I don't like MOBAs because they take too damn long to play. And then if you're stuck, uh, you know, in a bad match, you're just stuck in a bad match for like 30 to 40 minutes sometimes. Nobody, I don't have time for that. You know, get me out of there. <laughs> you know, like, the, and at least in Heroes of the Storm, if your team is doing bad, they're doing bad and the game is over quickly. Yeah. You know, and in other MOBAs, it's not like that, you know. Not so much people take, like, they just take it. I don't know, MOBAs were always like uh, kind of a, I don't want to say a joke to me, but the the level of skill required to play a MOBA like it's it's compared to other games like fighting games or arena shooters or like a Counter Strike is like kind of a joke to me. We're gonna 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 make, piss some people off with that one, but it is. <laughs> it, 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 it feels like kind of a joke to me. Uh, so like, and it just it's one of those things that it, I feel like people take it way too seriously. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's like a given. Um, but no, but uh, I, I think it's it's one of those situations where it's almost like it's a race to kind of beat Blizzard into the market because when Blizzard gets into the market, I mean, I mean, Warcraft is like the, it, it, you know, like Warcraft has effectively killed the rest of the MMO market. I mean, there's MMOs that have been okay but i mean what's the joke anytime anything anyone wants this with, with a subscription within six months they're going free to play like you know like nobody can really get 
the same foothold that that Warcraft has in the MMO market. Um, you know, like Hearthstone has all of a sudden dominated the the card strategy market that's suddenly emerging. Um, uh, you know, like and so now as as far as here with this team based shooter that that essentially has been uh, TF2's market for the longest time now blizzard's getting in there and now it's like everybody else has to get in there and kind of get established before blizzard does because at that point it's just going to be blizzard and and valve and that's it yeah so i guess you're right they're trying to get in there before valve actually gets a foothold because they're worried about it it makes sense yeah it makes sense but uh let's see what else do they talk about oh uh, dishonored 2 uh, and at first I thought Dishonored 2 was going to be, they were just going to switch protagonists. You know, like they were going to have a female protagonist and that's it because that's what it showed in the preview. Yes. And But then you find out that Corvo is back, so they have a male and female protag- protagonist. So that should make some people happy, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so they, uh, they did announce that Cor- uh, Dishonored is an amazing game. I need to finish it. I just got a little bummed because I did this one part and it's a bug that I can't I can't get this item that I want or this I can't get this dude to talk to me because of a bug in the game. And like bugs in games like that where it's stopping me from doing something that's terrible. They kill my progress. Like they stop me from playing. That's that's why I did not play I did not finish Arkham Origins. I played that game for 4 hours straight, Nick, and then I hit a bug and then I never played it again. I hit, I, I hit a bug where I couldn't get a Riddler trophy. Never played it again. <laughs> so was, so was, was that necessary for progress in the game? or was it just No, like, it wasn't. I was like, oh, I can't get this Riddler trophy? I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but still, though, you're entirely right. That bug shouldn't be there. Yeah, you're right. I wonder if they fixed it by now. I don't know. I, I got I to gotta turn the game on. I played it one time for four hours in a day, and I never played it again. So we'll see. Uh, but let's see. What else? Elder Scrolls Legends, which, I mean, this is just them continuing to, I guess, kind of, kind of jump on <laughs> to Blizzard because it is yes. definitely a card game. This wasn't even jumping on to Blizzard. Um, oh, I mean, one, they 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 announced the card game. They didn't show any of the actual gameplay or anything like yeah, that. So you're right. Blizzard we don't know what it looks like. Blizzard dude. announced Hearthstone. It was playable that day at PAX. Yeah. Um, but second, I know because I played it. But yeah. second, um, like they ripped off the trailer. <laughs> they ripped I didn't off the tra- trailer for it because the trailer for Hearthstone was all the Blizzard characters, 2D animation, but layered so that as the camera moved, it gave the illusion of movement. And that's what this was. This was Elder Scroll characters, 2D, 2D animation, layered so as the camera moved, it gave the illusion of movement. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did like frame by frame analysis and showed like it was exactly like shot for shot ripped from blizzard like okay it's one thing if you want to rip the concept of a card game it's one thing if you want to like you know enter somebody else's market but don't rip their like this has nothing to do with the game nothing there was no other way that you could come up with to present the fact that you came up with a card game for your you know fantasy setting there was no other way to present that information than to literally rip their trailer like you know you can make fun of the bethesda.net you can make fun of uh, you know, Battlecry being a little, you know, like somewhat Overwatch and like, okay, you know, like, okay, like those are all competitive things and, and they make sense on their own. But to rip a trailer, like, Boy, come shame. on, man. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> As I ripped that from ESPN, but. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't even notice about the trailer to be honest. I, I never paid that much attention to the to the Hearthstone trailer. I still have not played Hearthstone. It's I, I've 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 had to step away. <laughs> really, that bad? I, no, it's it's. I mean, the addiction is like that bad. Yeah, I I I I got too much other stuff to do. <laughs> I can't be even thirty minutes a day. It's I got more stuff to do than that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see what else. Oh, Fallout 4. Yes. Fallout 4, I don't know, is this the biggest announcement of E3? You know what? I don't think there was a biggest announcement of E3. I think that, I think we've talked about most of the major announcements anyway. I feel like this, I think it depends who you talk to really. Because people are either going to say like Final Fantasy 7 was the biggest announcement. Um, people would say uh, this was the biggest announcement. Um, some of the stuff at the EA presentation may have been the biggest announcement. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I don't know if I, I feel like this was such a solid E3 overall that I don't think there was one like one announcement that stood like head and shoulders above the others. I feel like this is one of those, like, like this is one of those, like I've seen this, like, uh, you know, like I'm here to talk about the state of the, of the gaming and the state of gaming is good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, so this was a big announcement. It was the first big announcement. And I think the fact that Bethesda did this on Sunday night ahead of everybody kind of let them own E3 early. I mean, this really set up, especially too, like when Todd Howard shows up at the Microsoft conference the next day, like he just comes out like a rock star. Cause like he, he killed it the night before. Um, and everyone's like, Oh, we're going to get more fallout information. This is awesome. Um, so I, I don't know if this was the biggest announcement, but it was, it's one of them. It's like easily top three. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely one of the bi- biggest announcements. Like you said, um, but Fallout 4 is going to be huge, like, in terms of game design. And actually, just just from the start of the game, where you can design the faces of the characters, like, you just literally go to any part of the face and make changes. That was amazing, how they, they integrate that, where your character's walking around his house, and then looks into the mirror, and then the wife is standing over his shoulder, and then not only, like, as he's looking in the mirror, and, like, the wife's commenting on how the changes to the face are being made, um, you know, like, so he's, like, getting ready for his day, but he's also changing his race, and, you know, like, you know, completely re- reshaping his face and appearance. But then you can also swap out with the wife so that you can play as the, the, the female character, and then, I, I guess, you know, he comments on her face like that interface how that integrated into the game just brilliant or you could just change the way the wife face looks if you want to so you could change the face of your kid yes yes yeah. even more brilliant <laughs> yeah like the, the kid is based on uh how the parents look which is interesting because i'm pretty sure you didn't play gta 5 nick no but when you play gta 5 online when you create your character you can't pick your face you basically, mm. you pick the way your mother, well, actually, I'm sorry, you can change your face. Uh, you can change it. But the, your initial look is, ba- you have to pick a mother and a father. Oh, okay. And, it, and that's, how, that's how you look. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, not saying they're stealing it from him, but like it's, it's, it's I've seen, some, we've seen similar things. Well, how, how customizable is the mother and father's face? Because it's, I mean, it's not customizable at all. Okay, yeah, because it sounds like basically they like they've got a set of pairs, and then whatever pair you pick, they pre-selected the face. No, it's not like, even a pair. You can pick 
Well, I guess you. I guess you. you, you I mean, they run out of pairs, so yeah. Yeah, you're right about that, but. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, this this reminds me of like The Sims, when like you know you make two characters and then they have a kid in The Sims, like that kid gets the the facial traits of the two parents, and so yeah, that uh, yeah, I I I love that they're doing this in a game. Yeah, like it definitely it was. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool, um, but the scale, I mean, just from the artwork they showed, it feels like Warcraft. Like the scale yes. of the game feels like wow. And that says a lot for just like a sandbox game. What did they say? There's between the air and the sea. There's, I think they said there's like 400 mile, 400 square miles of, uh, of explorable space. I don't, I don't know if that's that sounds familiar. But or was that, that might have been, or was it was it just cause three? That's just cause three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that game's big too. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Nah, this one, yeah, like it, it, it looked. They didn't give us an exact amount of space, but it looked good. I mean, I mean, it, 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 sorry, it looked big. It's like Boston and beyond. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's like Eastern Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is Boston and beyond. Um, but uh, they you you can get a dog companion. Yes. Uh oh the uh one we'll make one thing clear. They uh, if you do watch the demo, it was on the Xbox. Like it it was clearly on the Xbox. And it's just a shame that I have PC games that look better than this game that's gonna come mm-hmm. out <laughs> in November. Uh, but I'm curious to see what it looks like for uh you know, um for PC because I'm pretty sure it is coming out for PC. Oh uh, yes. I just assumed it was. I didn't I didn't actually check. Did they have an did they have anybody at the PC gaming? I feel like they did, but I can't remember. Um, but, yeah. I don't think so. I don't see how this doesn't come out for PC. <laughs> yeah, like that would be a huge mistake, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, but I really don't see how, how it wouldn't come out for PC, to be honest. Um, oh, well, what else? Oh, yeah, that that the Pip Boy edition comes with an actual Pip Boy that you could put your cell phone into. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was that was like wow, that's actually that, not bad at all. <laughs> yeah. And that, well, the, the best part of that though is that you, the reason you put your cell phone in there is because there's a Pip Boy app for your cell phone. And even then, I thought it was great when uh, Howard said that you know, like most of the second screen experiences are just gimmicks. And he's like, but as far as like you know, like gimmicks go, this is a really fucking awesome gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, that he, he was dead honest about that. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool when he said that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you can actually use your Pip Boy app to do stuff in game. Yes, and actually, the first, I guess, companion app that I used was the Assassin's Creed Unity app, which is a horrible way to start that relationship. <laughs> um, but but oddly enough, very fitting. <laughs> yeah, like it was that that companion app was terrible, and um, the Destiny app actually has gotten me more excited about companion apps because when you do something in a destiny app it is instantaneous instantaneous in game like when you move when you move weapons from one character to another like you don't wait there's no bugs there's no problems it just happens so if you can use your pip boy to, to to set settings and things like that and make things happen in game more power to you i just wonder if you know you have to be on the same network as uh do you have to be on the same network as your PlayStation 
or is does the game actually have to be uh, you have to access the internet to use it? Because for the Destiny one, you, you both your phone and your game have to access the internet. Well, actually, if you're if you uh, if you're on your game, you're not accessing the internet. You're actually not playing Destiny. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little different. So, I'm curious. Yeah. I I would get the feeling that these are both over the internet. Yeah. Um, so, so Which I, I would, would, yeah, that that it suggests that an always online presence yeah. for Fallout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'm, I'm worried, and I'm not necessarily worried about, but I, actually, I know that Pip Boy will not fit my phone, my uh, my Note. It's not fit. Oh yeah, yeah, because you, yeah, because your you, your phone's huge. Yeah, but it looks like it was developed for iPhone. To be honest yes. with you, it, that's what it looks like it was developed for iPhone. So Android users, we may have a problem there. Um, they actually have a Fallout Shelter game, which is like a Sims game, but you get to build your own shelter, Fallout yes. Shelter, and you get to manage it get chicks pregnant you know all that stuff like you know you can management level people up you have to send people out into the wasteland to get supplies you have to do all these things but right now it's ios only i'm waiting for that to come to well actually it's probably gonna come to android it probably won't play on my phone <laughs> uh yeah it's supposed to come to android which i guess that's great whenever it gets here but at the same time um it kind of sucks that they couldn't even like would you not think that Android users would want like want to play this? Like, come well, on. No, they they know, and they said it's getting there. I think the issue is just that it was only ready for i. You know, they they had the they didn't have it ready in time for E3. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, they said another couple of months. That tells me that they're not. They had they weren't even working on it for Android. That's well, what then, that tells. Okay, me. maybe they maybe that wasn't oversight. <laughs> yeah, huh, that, they weren't even working on it for Android. Yeah. That's what that tells but, me. But still, I mean, it's not like it's not like iPhone is a small market. Oh yeah, you're right. But it's not like Android's a small market either. That's Nick. true. That's true. No, but no, I mean, it's it's cool because uh, I mean, it's very rare you see something announced at E3 and then they're like, you know, I mean, that that's a classic Apple move to announce something and be like, and it's available now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was still cool. Yeah, like it looked cool, and then like you know, I I, I just got totally played because. I went looking for it on the Android store and it wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> you know, it was one of those situations like, oh, they got me with the Gipper. Just get yourself an iPad. How about I don't get myself an iPad? Yeah. Well, that's not a solution, Nick. That's a workaround. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but besides that, they actually showed that um, like uh, you can make these settlements in, Fall- in Fallout 4. I can't want to call it Far Cry 4, but it's Fallout 4. So you can make these settlements where you can go, like, apparently you can break down buildings uh, and then rebuild them any way you want yes. to and place things any way you want to. You can build these communities in your game. Then you can actually build power grids. And you yes. could uh, attach uh, terminals and sentries and all these things to the power grid. And you control these items in the power grid with terminals and computers. And you have to, you know, put defenses up in your settlement because raiders will attack possibly when you're not there. Yes. So they basically give you an opportunity to rebuild the world. I could totally see this being another Skyrim situation where some people don't even finish the game. They just yeah. go. They just get into a certain part of the game and they stay there. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. And then that's like, that's all they ever play. (laughs) Yeah. They're just gone. I I play WoW. I play Destiny. I play Fallout 4. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Fallout 4. That's what I play. It's, no, it's, I will not be getting Fallout 4 because I don't, you know, it's the same reason I didn't get Skyrim because I can't get sucked into that. But like, you know, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. It really does. The crafting system, they have 50 base weapons with 700 modifications you can make these weapons. It's crazy. You can also modify your power armor. Like, it's going to be a massive game. And that's... And, this conference was a hell of a way to start E3. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, it was... Yeah, it was... Yeah. Like, like, Assass- like the Assassin's Creed app was a terrible way to start the Assassin's Creed and it kind of followed through on that terribleness. Like, this conference was a great way to start E3 and then the rest of E3 just maintained that level of quality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was good. It, like, it was a great way to start it. Uh, things kind of slowed down when I got when we got to the EA conference, though. At least I felt. I mean, because yeah. EA... They they started with a trailer, well not like a, I guess a teaser for Mass Effect Andromeda. Yes, and I mean like they really didn't show anything except the N seven logo and you know that's all they needed to show. I've already given them my money. They don't <laughs> even have available. I've I've just wrote an envelope and I wrote EA and I put like fifty bucks in there and I just put it in the put it in the box. Oh yeah, that's that's all they needed to do for and you. It'll it'll get to them. I I trust the postman. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, you know, it is a federal offense if they look. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that from? Uh, I can't remember. Some comedy where somebody has a postman and somebody accused him of opening some mail and he <laughs> like uh, just read off like the I guess the the ordinance in which that was illegal. But oh well, oh well. <laughs> Obviously, not a big movie. I can't. Uh, who was in it? I can't even remember. It might be one of those stupid Netflix movies I watched at like 2 o'clock in the morning one time. <laughs> it wasn't even a movie. It was a documentary on the post office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they started off with that. Then they went to Need for Speed, which you know what? <sighs> Need for Speed. First of all, uh, it looks like a mixture of Underground and Hot Pursuit. They kept saying they were going to go back to the roots of Need for Speed. No, you didn't go back to the roots of Need for Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Neither Underground nor Hot Pursuit are the roots of Need for Speed. Need for Speed is racing fast cars, fast, beautiful cars, in beautiful locations. That's what Need for Speed, that's the roots of Need for Speed. So what you did was take the most popular aspects of those games and put them together. Underground was ridiculously popular. Underground 2... Underground was ridiculously popular for the street racing scene aspect. Underground 2 was popular for the the street racing... the underground street racing plus the uh, customization. Okay? Hot Pursuit was popular because you were chased by police. You know? And they basically put all that together. To make this one game. Which looks incredible, by the way. Fucking Need for Speed using the Frostbite engine? God damn. Like, it looked good. There was one cutscene where it was hard to tell that the car was not real. 
like basically it was real people in the cutscene, and it was one real car for sure in the cutscene, and then behind, like when they moved to the other car, I, I, I had a good idea that the car was just rendered in game, but it was a tough, like it was a tough call. It really was a tough call, and it was amazing because of it. So, um, yeah, like it looks good. Uh, lots of performance tuning. People, I think people like it, but it's always online, and that's a turnoff for me. Like that's that's what I heard about this is going to be always on online, and if that that's actually going to stop me from purchasing it day one, and then I'm gonna let somebody who I know is going to purchase tell me how like how does that affect the game? Why is it always online? You know, I I don't want to deal with always online because one my internet could be fine. But EA could be having problems with the server because that's never that that's not like that's unheard of, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's actually uh, pretty pretty uh, pretty uh, pretty heard of. Yeah, pretty <laughs> <laughs> is pretty heard of. So like, yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really gonna be beat and you know. Uh, just get this game and then not be able to play it sometimes when I want to, especially when it doesn't need to be always online. There's no reason for a Need for Speed game to be always online unless it is an MMO, which this game is not. You know? It's not an MMO. So stop EA, please. I don't get their constant obsession with trying to have these games always online. I don't understand it. These single-player experiences that don't need to be always online. Let Microsoft tell you about Always Online and how that goes. <laughs> you know? Why don't you talk to them about that? You know? And they'll tell you how Activision will break up with you because you made a bad decision a few years ago. You know? Shit. But, uh, yeah, so they showed that. They showed Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, the, <laughs> a new, uh, a new, not DLC, but I guess a new it's event. It's an expansion. Yeah. new expansion for free. It's coming. A new expansion for free. And I wonder if that's for free, for free to play players as well. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, they're going to have this new this new uh, expansion that's going to have a new enemy faction. It is going, and the, I guess the big, the big takeaway from this was that it's going to have Bioware-style storytelling, where you're going to be able to make choices, and your choices shape the story. How does that work in an MMO? I wish I had played this more because, I mean, they kind of had that for, like, the leveling experience there, but still, um, I didn't play the – I played, like, a free demo back before when it had a subscription, Um, and I only – I think it was, like, a free weekend. You could get to, like, level 12 or something, and so I played, like, the beginning of the story, but I didn't get a real sense of – get any sense of how that worked then, Um, but, yeah, I am – I am. I mean, basically, it. it, I think it's just, like – it's a single player story. It's just there happen to be other people running around in the background that you don't really interact with. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's, I wish I was more excited about this. This is one of those games. If, if I didn't have like a job or like responsibilities, <laughs> if I was like 20 again, like, yeah, I'd probably be all about the old Republic. Um, especially since it'd be free to play, but yeah, no, I mean, it look, it looks cool. It definitely looks cool. I I actually installed it. I was like, okay, yes. I'm interested. So I installed it, and I have yet to play it. 
because I, like Nick, have a job and responsibilities. Plus, you, like, installed it, what, like, earlier this evening. <laughs> like, <laughs> I installed it last we're night. we talking is why you can't play. <laughs> last night. Last night is when I installed it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, um, I'm interested. I'm going to check it out. But the trailer is what actually got, well, it would, obviously, the, um, it's the storytelling that did intrigue me. But the the trailer got me really interested, which is weird because most of the time trailers don't do that for me. I was like, huh. So I decided to check it out. So they announced that uh, they showed another game that I thought was kind of weird as a part of their lineup, a game called Unravel, mm. which is this story about this doll made out of yarn and used the piece of the yarn to go through obstacles in, in the world. So that was interesting. Like I was like, "Wow, EA has a soft side now." <laughs> like, it, it just felt weird. It did not feel part of their lineup. It felt like it should have been a part of the Sony lineup. Yeah, like it was like an indie game. Yeah, like it really didn't feel part of it. Then I don't know if they like they had this big sports section, which I paid no attention to. To be perfectly but honest they had with you, Pele. They did. I could barely understand them. I don't play. I don't like watch soccer either. So the it's like beautiful I don't... football. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that missed me. I I could barely understand them. I just ignored it because like, they started. They talked about soccer. They talked about NHL. Um, they talked about Madden. Yes. And I clocked out. What what I didn't realize because um, I played the Madden 25th anniversary edition. I think that's almost two two years ago now. It was uh, not last year's Madden, the Madden before. Yeah. Um, and, like, it was all about that ultimate team. And I had no, like, little to no interest in that. And that was all, like, that was where, like, all the microtransactions were. And it just felt, like, shoehorned on there. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll just play my regular Madden game and move on. And I guess, apparently, the ultimate team thing is huge. Because I didn't realize, like, they have ultimate team mode in FIFA and NHL and, and the NBA game. And, like, I guess that's really kind of where they're pushing all their development. Like, you buy these games, you build your ultimate team. I, I and, and I don't know. It's just let me play. Let me play as the Eagles. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, they have ultimate team and everything. Yes. Uh, and that's where you buy those card packs, right? Yeah. And that, yeah. yeah, that's is, is, yeah, that's and yeah, that's where you have to pay the money for the card packs and stuff. As long as Ultimate Team that doesn't come to Mass Effect, I don't want like my Ultimate like Krogan and stuff. <laughs> Keep it out of that. Leave it in the sports. We're fine. Right. Yeah. Actually, that uh, Ultimate Team. I guess that's the reason why my uh, my Origin account got compromised. I found <laughs> that's why I got locked out of my Origin account. Somebody somebody hijacked my account and then tried to buy those card packs. Uh. uh you know, with it. Jokes on them. I don't keep any money on that PayPal account, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Yeah, like, to, yeah. You can't. Yeah, I mean, we saw that going back to the the Sony breach a few years ago. It was like, don't yeah, don't let them, don't give them your card information. Don't let them, don't don't give that account any access to any actual funds. Yep, that's exactly what. It, that's why I use PayPal now for. Uh, I use PayPal now for um, what you call it for. Uh, PS4, yeah, and I just I'll put I put a couple bucks on it when I when I need to buy something or I know I'm gonna buy something, and then I'll just uh you know I'll buy it, and if it's something that I as a kind of like a surprise, 
then I'll just be like, oh, okay, well, I'll buy it in two days when the, when the funds go over. Yeah. And if I still want it at that point, then I'll buy it. Yeah. Was it uh, as shitty as they are? Um, they have a service called where you can like get like a custom, like a, a temporary credit card number. Right. And then you just use that for you know on a purchase by purchase basis. And I, I, I use that all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I never knew that. I have Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you, yeah, this way, you know, like I can put that into, you know, if I use that on Amazon, use that on the, the plate, you know, when I'm buying my PlayStation points or Steam, wherever I need to, you know, use that, use that temporary credit card number, put that in. And then if they ever get hacked, that number, you know, is one after two months, it's no longer valid. And two, it, you know, I, I don't usually put more than like $10 more than I need on there. So there's no, there's no money to get off that card. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I mean, I've checked it out sometime. But uh, yeah, so what else? Besides the sports stuff, they had uh, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2. We already, already kind of talked about that. Uh, but they had a longer demo. They had new classes, uh, like new sniper class, uh, new uh, new guy, or well, I guess a new melee class. And it looks like now like the, zo- the zombies are on the defense. Yes, that's the so. big twist. Yeah, and the zombies have a, ho- a horde mode. I didn't play Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 1 um, because I, I was very, very against Origin at the time. <laughs> I'm still anti-Origin, don't get, don't get me wrong. But I did send in my paperwork so that I, I can uh, still be part of a class action lawsuit if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yay me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, they, they had that uh, trailer from Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Uh, talked about how it's there's no loading or levels, um, and that that the game is totally free roaming. Yes, if you want it to be, which I thought would be it's very interesting, and it is a prequel, totally a prequel. Did, did you hear? I don't remember if they explicitly announced this during the presentation, but uh, there's no guns. Um, yeah, like I, I. I I think that's kind of dumb. Hey, did, you know what the funny thing is? The person, I forget her name. Whoever is like, because she was on a lot of stages talking about uh, Mirror's Edge. And I forget her name, but she's like, I don't know if she's a creative director or the director of the project. I know she didn't play Mirror's Edge 1. Because she talked to Habit. She said, yeah, there was a lot of gunplay in that game. And we wanted to get rid of that. And I'm just thinking about... I didn't shoot a single person in the first Mirror's Edge, and I beat it. Because there was actually an achievement on Xbox to go through that game without shooting anybody. You could disarm somebody and then drop the weapon. So there wasn't a bunch of gunplay in that game. I actually think that they should have kept the weapons in the game to provide a challenge. (laughs) I thought you were anti-gun in that game. I am anti-gun in that game, which is why I didn't use them. (laughs) <laughs> I would dis I would disarm somebody I, and I, I would drop the gun. I thought I I I, I thought when we were talking because uh, they announced this last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking there, and I, I, and maybe I think the issue was that it looked like um, the the heroine. I don't I don't I can't remember her name. Faith. Faith. I think she was actually shooting the gun maybe at some point in the demo that they showed or whatever they showed. The little, maybe that the, was the, the trailer, problem. Maybe yeah. Yeah, and like, but like. I can't remember, like, I can't remember that trailer that well. But, I don't know. maybe they, they do shoot at you, but you just can't 
you can't get the gun. Maybe that's it. But I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, because in that game, you had an option. Like, if you disarm somebody, you can now shoot somebody if you want to. But you didn't. You didn't just have access to weapons. Yeah. You, know, you didn't just have access to weapons. If you want to, if you got a hold of a gun, you could shoot it. But there was an achievement uh, that you know you can go through if you go through the game without shooting somebody. You know, or firing a weapon. I think it's like firing on a weapon. Period. Um, you get this achievement. And I was very careful to make sure when I disarmed, I hit Y really fast so I could drop the gun. <laughs> so that made, when she said that, it made, kind of made my, uh, my head turn a little bit. I'm like, a lot of gunplay in Mirror's Edge? What game were you playing? You know? Because there weren't even Doom, that many. Doom, she was actually playing Doom. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't even that many opportunities to grab weapons in that game. Because like, there are some, in some cases where you can actually run up to a guy, disarm him, and then, and then, you know, beat him down and you can take his gun. But a lot of the times when people were shooting at you, if you actually ran up to somebody to disarm them and take their weapon, there was somebody else shooting at you and you die in the process. You know? Well, you know, maybe it raised an eyebrow when she said that. So, hmm. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge the game based off of that. Not this time, at least. <laughs> but, um, well, we'll see. I mean, I am looking forward to that game. February 2016, that's coming out. Then they showed Star Wars Battlefront, uh, which, uh, they showed Star Wars Battlefront. It looks good. I mean, it used the Frog Spite engine, but I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think they showed, a, did they show Battlefront again at the Sony conference? Yes. That demo was way better than the one they showed yes. at the EA conference. Yes. The one at the EA conference just kind of looks like, eh, okay. But the one at the, at the Sony conference looked amazing. Yes. It really did. I the, looked... the, the one at the Sony conference, like, and I don't know if this is just because I'm used to seeing like Star Wars, the Star Wars universe overly rendered in CGI, but that almost like looked like live. Like, uh, like, it, it, I mean, the camera angles were a little forced, but like, it kind of looked like, like, though, that might actually be people there. Like, yeah, for some reason it didn't look as good at, uh, at the EA conference. Yeah. And I think it's because uh, maybe the front, like it was all white. Like, it was just a big, white, yeah. you know, environment. Like, it was just a huge, white environment. And yeah. maybe the Frostbite engine doesn't look that great. Which is odd that Frostbite would have a problem with snow. Yeah, like, it just it just didn't look that good. Yeah. And both demos were on the PS3. They were uh, both on the PS3? Sorry, on the PS4, my bad. Oh, oh no. The, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God! Suck <laughs> it, man! It can get better? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were on the PS4. Sorry about that, Nick. I just got Nick super excited. Like, whoa! It's a PS3 exclusive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like they uh, they were both on the PS4, and the second one just looked so amazing. It almost looked like it was on PC. Yeah. My God, like it looked good. So they did they did a good job with that. Um, I mean, I'm Battlefront is still just Star Wars Battlefield. That's yes. what it is. It's Star oh, Wars yes. Battlefield. <laughs> uh, you know, you have your your various vehicles. You have your large weapon, your your large vehicles, and ways to take those down. You have your individual units, but now you actually can. I guess you, some players can play as special characters like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader, uh, probably Han Solo, Leia, Yoda, stuff like that, and uh, maybe turn the tide of a battle, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Like, I, I, if I wanted a futuristic battlefield, I want them to bring back 
2142. Well, I thought Battlefield 2142 was this, amazing. This isn't a futuristic battlefield. This is very specifically Star Wars battlefield. This is like Star Wars tech is not futuristic necessarily. That is true. It is very fantasy. Yeah. Because we live in the future, Nick. <laughs> yeah, this is the year that Marty McFly goes to. Is it? Is it actually the year? Yeah, 2015. Okay. I'm not sure if you actually just read it off of one of those internet memes that happened to be no, wrong. No, because I've been correcting people on those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, let's see. What else did, did they have? Um, that Battlefront definitely was one of the, the more anticipated games. Yes. It definitely was one of But, uh, you know, it's Star Wars Battlefield. It looks good. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Let's see. Let's move on to Ubisoft. Which picked up the pace a little bit. Uh, they started with For Honor, which, to be honest, For Honor looks like they took Dynasty Warriors and gave it a multiplayer component. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Like basically and a, and a little more international. A little bit more international. Yeah, it's not just Japanese guys killing each other. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they definitely. Uh, it, it looks like because you have these massive armies fighting each other, and then. Um, you know, there's four players on each side that they're people. They're actually players, and you can fight each other. And I guess it's over when four players from the other side loses when they when they actually lose. You know, oh, sorry, when they die, when the the, the, when the other player when the players on the other side die, that's when uh, that's uh, that's that's when the game is over, I guess. But they didn't they didn't mention too much about it. There was a dude with a beard and a cane on the stage. He seemed very happy to be there. <laughs> that's pretty much what I remember from that he seemed like he could have been in For Honor in his younger days <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um, they also they had a trailer for the crew Wild Run I didn't know the crew was that successful that they greenlit a sequel for it yeah <laughs> to be honest like I don't know anybody who plays that game I have never seen that game once come up on my friends list no, not one time have I, seen, has I, have I seen that game come up on my friends list I don't know who's playing it <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you don't know who's playing it at all uh so let's see what else they, they have there uh they had the division which has showed more gameplay and it looks like you can really be a dick in that game that's what i got yeah. from that trailer <laughs> yes that's that's what i got in that trailer that you could just be a super dick in that game uh they, they love to go fight some enemies but then they had another group of players come up on them and they ended up helping each other at the end when they're waiting for the helicopter. The guy's like, look, you know, do we want to take their loot? Like, cause we could do it now. If we're going to do it, we need to do it right now. And so they kill them. I think that the person he was with also gets down, but then he kills her. Right. No, what happened? So there were, there were three people on the, on the one team and then two other people show up. And so, so all five work together to kill the enemies and then they get they collect the loot, and then the three of them are standing there like we can take these two people here and just get all the loot. And then they're like, okay, so the so two the two of the three people kill the two people the two people that joined, but then the one person that didn't help kills the other two people since they got hurt fight in, in the fight, and then the one person walks away with all the loot. Yeah, like, that's a really dick. That's like a really dick. That doesn't make me want to play that game. <laughs> That really doesn't want to make me play that game. I don't know if Ubisoft ever thought about that. There, you're, you're not the first person to express that sentiment. 
Um, and I think that appeals to a very certain type of gamer who, unfortunately, like that seems cool. Like you can kind of make a decision, like basically like to turn on your friends, but it's like, they're your friends because you don't turn on them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like I would imagine, you know, those people in real life, you know know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I would think. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's like dick move, bro. Like, and, and in that scenario, yeah, because those like, and that was the thing is, um, there were the two people playing and then actually the guy giving the presentation was named Ryan and it was the person that turned on them was named Ryan. So I guess it was supposed to be him that turned on them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's cool to put that in a game. Like, Oh, you kind of can't trust anybody, but like, that's a, yeah, it's like, it's, it's shitty when you can't trust anybody. Exactly. Like that's the thing. Like, it's not like a cool feature. Like, Oh, it's so edgy. Like, oh, this game fucking, like, I don't want like, to have to deal with that. I've just been at work all day long. <laughs> I want to come home, play some co-op. I don't want to worry about some dick, you know, killing me and taking the loot that I just worked for. Well, it, it, it's basically, it's going to encourage, like, you know, like, clans, I guess. Like, people working very closely together, um, you know, people not turning on their clan. Although, yeah, you're going to have to be very careful about who you let into your clan. Um, and then... You know, like, you know, you know, like when you're out in the world and you see another group of people come up, that's going to be a tense moment because whoever's got the numbers ostensibly kind of calls the shots at that point. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's 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 it, I mean, it's hardcore PVP is yeah. what it is. It's yeah, and so as long as you approach it that way, I mean, the fact that your own teammates can betray you at any given time. That can be a problem. That's one hell of a way to kick somebody out of your guild. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, I, like, I hey, let's see. go. Like, put on your best gear. Let's go do this, boss. Oh, not you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're leaving. <laughs> Everybody who's getting on the airplane, take us up to the right. <laughs> not you, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's. So- yeah, I really didn't. That that did not make me want to play that game. <laughs> yeah, it's no. It, it it appeals to a very specific kind of gamer, and um, and it's gonna make that a very interesting world to be in. But it's not gonna be for. It's not gonna be for casual people. Absolutely it's not, not gonna be a casual game. Absolutely not. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, was it Anno twenty twenty five or twenty fifty five? I think I wrote that down wrong. I thought it was 2025. It might be Anno 2025. Let me see. 2025. Uh, yeah, it is Anno 2025. And that was kind of cool because you could you start on Earth, you build your cities. Because uh, it's a city builder, but it's a futuristic city builder. Yeah. So you build your cities, and then you need to launch yourself to the moon, or I guess maybe even other planets, and you can build up there, too. I wonder, like, you know, once you call on our master the moon, do you get to go to other places? That was, like, the cool thing about Spore. Once you... I'm gonna put the, put it in air quotes, unified your planet. Um, did you ever play Spore, Nick? No. You basically, like, once you get to the civilization era and you master your own civilization, you then go on a conquest to conquer the rest of your planet. Pretty much. And there's a few ways to do it. You could do it through, like, uh, trading, or being, like, a master merchant. Or you can uh, be, like, a warmonger. 
and force people over, or you could do it through religious rhetoric hmm. and spore. And then after that, then you can leave your planet and go looking for other planets. Which you, the spaceships that you make show up in other people's games as you abduct their uh, creatures. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's that'd be cool. I think if you could go to other planets in Anno twenty twenty five. Um. So that was nice. Just Dance six twenty sixteen. I guess they're trying. They were trying to figure out. Well, how are we going to survive this transition where people don't use the Connect, people aren't using the Sony camera, people aren't playing the Wii. Or using the Wii U nunchucks. Well, the answer is now you could just use your smartphone. They actually had that as a feature last year. They did. Yes. That, I, then why did they make such a big deal out of it this because, year? Because like this is like the only way to do it this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. No, they they did they did have an app that allowed. I don't know if it was the, the same degree, but there was an app that allowed you to do that last year. I, I don't I, I don't know if they had it. Re- they announced it. I don't know if they had it ready, and they didn't have it like demoable or anything um but so it may be the same app that they announced last year but yeah that that they at least talked about that feature last year yeah that's funny man like because yeah that's what i saw i was like oh they are they are totally giving up on that because now you do i guess when you install the app the this the app on your cell phone but that that makes sense though just from a general i mean you don't have to worry about whatever you know console hardware acceptance rate for anything is now you just go right off the phone yes you just go right off the phone. And I thought that was that's that's interesting. I thought that was an interesting choice. I would, I thought I, I mean honestly, I just thought they were gonna let the game die. <laughs> Not if uh, it, apparently it's a cash cow. I mean, what well, you, you? I'm sure you still have to pay for the songs you download, right? Uh, and, then, and then every yeah. year there's a new version. Uh, well, that's the thing. Now they have that subscription service where you can continue yeah, to get. Yeah, so it's it's a service. Yeah, you even, can even better. Well, I mean, you buy the <laughs> well. First of all, you buy the game. Yeah, you buy the game, but then you get the subscription service to uh, that'll get you new music all throughout the year. And well, then you have to buy the game again next year to stay to stay current. Yeah. Yeah. So that is interesting. Cha-ching Ubisoft. Very well done. <laughs> yeah, well, they got to they, they gotta stay in there, man. They're trying yeah. their best to stay, to stay in there, you know. Sometimes you can't just follow the leader. Sometimes you got to do something. Sometimes you got to be the leader. Yeah, well, they're the only ones holding on to that dancing gimmick. That's a cash cow for them, so. Well, that, yeah, that's because the pendulum is swinging back now towards the, the, the rock band side of things. I don't know. We'll see how this new rock band does. Which they actually, weren't at E three, were they? I think they were, but not they weren't at any on any uh what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, they weren't on anybody's stage. Uh, okay. But they definitely they they definitely were at E three. Uh, I saw some articles come through about them. Um let's see what else did they have? They show Rainbow Six Siege and Angela Bassett, who's playing six. Yes. Which I actually don't know if that's a real character in the series, or they just make that up for this. Because, you know, it's based off of books. Yes. And I'm not sure if Six is actually a character. I feel like it's made up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I have no proof. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I don't read the books. I've just been a fan of the games. So maybe a Rainbow Six fan can actually let us know what the deal is with that. Um, they uh, showed off Terror Hunt. Which is uh, co-op terrorist hunting, which I forget when what the last 
Rainbow Six that had that was Neon Highway Switching. But either way, the guns sound great. That's one thing I always liked about Rainbow Six games, that the guns sound incredible. The guns sound really, really cool. What's cool is a killing device can sound, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the explosions and noise... <clears throat> The noises from the explosions were cool, but just the explosions themselves, like, they weren't some, oh, I'm going to put this explosive pack on the wall, and it's just going to blow in one side. Like, no, it's like, boom, and, like, there's dust everywhere, and it's kind of hard to see. Even though one of those explosions they did, those guys should have died behind that wall. Yes. <laughs> but I thought Rainbow Six was cool. You know, anytime you show the uh, the upside down, uh, uh, you know, the... um. Oh god, why am I having a hard time thinking of the word repel? Uh, the repelling, yeah, repel upside down. That's that's been a favorite of Rainbow. That that started in uh, Vegas, I think. The upside down repelling. I think that started in Vegas, to be honest. So that that was cool. So you know, a lot of you know, I, I, we I, a lot of people are excited for the multiplayer, which I am. I'm excited for the multiplayer, but the single player of Rainbow Six games uh, is also my favorite. So. Uh, they showed Trackmania Turbo, which I'm not sure if... Because they, they didn't mention any consoles or any platforms at all. But they played it on a PS4 controller, so I don't know if it's coming to PS4 or not. Hmm. I've never been a fan of Trackmania, but I know people who play a game religiously. Like, they love it. But apparently they have this new feature in Trackmania where you can generate a track randomly. Like, you, it generates a brand new track for you on the spot. Yeah, that that track that it generated was such a dick track because there was that hill that you had to go up, and you're going up the hill, and if you take the hill too fast, there was a sign right above that, and you would just go right into the sign. Yep, <laughs> it was a dick track. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Uh, they showed Assassin's Creed uh, Syndicate, which wasn't any gameplay. Once again, it was just a cinematic trailer, more story stuff. A lot of story stuff. Yeah, that that was basically it. They showed uh actually they ended the show with um another surprise like they did last year. Like last year the surprise was um Rainbow Six Siege. This year the surprise was Ghost Recon Wildlands, which it looks like it's an open world ghost recon. Apparently. Yeah. Which I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that. Because Ghost Recon is supposed to be about surgical strike teams. That's what they are. They are surgical strike teams that infiltrate areas and do things quietly. Or they're supposed to do things quietly. Well, yeah, that was that was your choice this time around. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, the with this one. I guess you're trying to. There's a there's like a cartel that's you know they're not afraid of death or whatever. And so yeah, I guess you're supposed to be scaring the shit out of them, you know, and and trying to make them tear tear, tear themselves apart from the inside out, is basically what I was getting from that. Yeah, you know, that's basically uh, what I was getting from that. Nick, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I just got. I don't have anything more. To say. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I thought my <laughs> I thought I thought I hung up on you by accident. Whoops. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure how, how I really feel about this open, you know, Ghost Recon. Not so much at the end, they like kind of zoomed out and showed a whole bunch of players playing on the screen. Like I guess you can meet up with other players and you know people you know, 
And I don't know, like, how's that going to work with the story or with the flow of Ghost Recon altogether? Isn't that like how they ended the Watch Dogs trailer two years ago? Like, it zooms out and you see the other players on the map doing their own thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which... (laughs) That's one of the first things I turned off in that game. (laughs) One of the first things I turned off in that game was the ability for other players to interfere with my game. It was one of the most annoying features I have ever seen in a video game in my life. To be perfectly honest with you. One of the most annoying things. So well, maybe it's not, they're not interfering here so much as like you assemble a team and like maybe some of the team is NPCs and some of the team is other players that you know. And, you know, then it's these, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Destiny raid or something. I'd rather not. <laughs> I know how I like my Ghost Recon, you know. <laughs> I know I know how I like my Ghost Recon, and that's the way I want to keep it. Um, okay, let's. Add, other than that, I think the only other, uh, the only other developer with a showing was Square Enix, which uh, me and Nick both agree had the worst show, uh, the worst yeah. show of the show. We're we're ending on a high note here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it, it, they haven't done this for a long time. I think. And they it were showed. clearly rusty. Oh, it showed. <laughs> it showed. Like there were parts where the guy, like they'd have somebody on stage speaking in Japanese, and the translator just wasn't talking. Yeah, well, there was one guy who literally had no translator, and I don't remember. I don't even remember which game he was talking about. He was Not- he was talking about um the Final Fantasy remake. And yeah, there was just no translator for him. He talked for a good minute or so, and nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just like. We're just sitting there hanging out, you know. Okay, okay. I guess we don't we don't get to know what he said. Yeah, <laughs> and I was fine with that, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a very small audience too. It was in a very small space. I thought the PC game show had a small audience. The problem with one, the PC game show is I feel like the, the the real audience was all backstage, being the other developers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, this was definitely a, a, a really small uh, audience. But let's talk about what they did talk about. They did talk about Just Cause 3, which comes out on November, uh, December 1st, 2015. Uh, a couple things. There's a new wingsuit. Uh, there's a stabilized parachute. Better grappling hooks with multiple grappling tethers. So you could like, grapple a bunch of stuff together and make, like, make shit chaotic. You know? <laughs> And this game has like uh, 400 square miles of, of of game. That's what Nick was talking about earlier. Yes. So it's, uh, it's better than Fallout. No. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> There's a new Nier game. Just started production. There's nothing to talk about. I didn't even know about. Nier was a franchise. <laughs> I didn't even know what that was. Like I was like, are they? I hope they say the name of this game. Because I have no idea what this well, the is. Best part, the best part was they 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 wanted to announce it's a new near game, but they didn't want to give the, the I guess the subtitle of the game away. So like the it was near and then something else, and that was blurred out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just funny. Like I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't really know. I'm the sorry, best part, the best part of the near game announcement. At least I think this was the near game announcement. The Sony presentation really blurs together for me, or uh, Square's presentation blurs together. But at the end, they brought out the director and the producer, two of the people that were working on the game. And I admit, I'm watching this. It's very late at night. I'm 
playing Warcraft while I'm, I've got this on in the background. And so I'm not really paying attention. I'm just kind of listening. And it's mostly translated Japanese anyway. So I'm just I'm listening to this. And I look over to the screen and there's a guy in a big mask. It looks – it's some kind of creepy, like perfectly circular head with yeah. like a weird grin on it. And I look over and I look back, and then I did like a double take. Like, what the, what, like, what the hell was that? Like, yeah. it looked like it looked like Square is had hired the moon from Majora's Mask. <laughs> like, You're right about that. It did it, look yeah, like it was just like, and and this is like before I was saying like with Nintendo, like there's there's like fun Japanese and creepy Japanese. This was creepy Japanese. <laughs> like there was no need for this guy. Like I like, does he wear that to work every day? Like it, like. Like what? 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 Why? What was the point of that? I don't. I don't know. It. 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 it I don't know. Is is that like his thing? I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it. Ha- I would only imagine it has something to do with the actual series. I have no idea. But yeah. no, but I could totally see like there being a developer like who only like goes out in public as the developer with that mask on. Like that, he's, that's like, his Daft Punk helmet. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I guess maybe because like Nier is so popular, he gets mobbed at the grocery store unless he hides his identity. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, dude. Like it, that that was a little weird to see. I was like, okay. I, I actually had to go back. Like, did he actually come out in that? Like, I had to rewind a few minutes just to see. Like, no, he walks out and he just acts like that's normal. Like, okay, okay, yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, I guess like you know, for people who are fans of the series, you know, or I guess. Um, the the audience they had, he just expected it to to work out well, you know. Yeah, I'm not in that audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that 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 definitely happened. That was that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good statement because I, I wasn't sure for a moment. No, that definitely happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else they had. Uh, they did. They talked about Rise of the Tomb Raider. Basically, it was just a video talking about the detail. They also talked about uh, a new mobile game called Lara Croft Go. Uh, they told Final Fantasy Seven. Well, first of all, we knew about the remake, but they're still doing the Final Fantasy PC port to PS4. <laughs> they're still doing that, so that's coming in December. <sighs> and, <laughs> they're doing Final Fantasy Seven for iOS this summer, too. Maybe they should have waited until after that port came out to say there's a Final Fantasy remake coming. Well, no, because I'm sure there's people that love that game and will buy it in whatever medium just because, like, oh, I've, I've, I haven't played, I haven't bred enough damn chocobos, now I can do it on my iPad. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, so they are, uh, obviously people will buy it. There's no I, doubt about it. I, I I did love when they did announce the remake. They played the same trailer that they played at the Sony conference. Oh yeah, it was the same exact trailer that they played at the Sony conference. Like I was watching it like in disbelief. Like there's gonna be something different here, right? <laughs> no, that's the only teaser trailer they got, man. Yeah, like uh, that's the thing. That's the only teaser trailer they got. Yeah, I have, to, I have to say, I, I, they're the only people that did that. Like, I know, I think, I think, like some footage got reused across some different panels. Um, I think Hitman might have reused some footage, but at the very least, like it wasn't in the same context. 
Yeah. Like, you know, like everybody else at least made sure like whatever they were showing when, if they were showing a game on multiple, you know, multiple instances, it was a different presentation each time. And I uh, it's like, I, should, I, just, I really, it fit with the rest of the show. Like, yeah, just reuse that. Much. It doesn't matter. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they need to remake the trailer. <laughs> so this is actually where the, uh, around the time of the translation stopped working, but it came back. Now, what was hilarious to me was that when uh, the translation finally did come back, and he's like, okay, well, let's watch some Kingdom Hearts video. And these guys got super excited. He's like, oh, my God! <laughs> like, he was super... Did you remember that, Nick? Did you hear yes. that? Yes. He's like, yes! Oh, my God! And then it leads into, like, a uh, a Kingdom Hearts, like, <laughs> mobile game <laughs> called Kingdom Hearts Unchained. Yes. It was hilarious it, yes. I, I was rolling when that happened because he was so excited he was like yes oh my god just the way he said it he was so excited and uh they needed to cut to him after it just to see the disappointment <laughs> yeah and i don't i wish square enix just at that point would not have had any kingdom hearts 3 video yeah <laughs> that would have been <laughs> That would have been the best thing ever. That would have been. I would have been so happy. The, the round-headed guy could just come out and point at him and be like, "No, not for you. You leave." Yeah. Dude, it was so funny. Luckily for him, after that though, they had some Kingdom Hearts three video. Yeah, which uh, it looks good. I mean, it looks good. They showed a lot. I don't even know how to describe what they showed. Like, it's just. Well, first of all, obviously the graphics are much better. Kingdom Hearts skipped an entire generation of game of consoles. Yeah, skipped an entire generation, so it looks much better than it did. Much better than it did on. And it, uh, it skipped like the best generation, like yeah, because like the jump since the PS2 has been huge. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it yeah, that's the thing. Like it, it's been, it's. It missed an entire, like the entire uh, PS, uh, PS3, Xbox, um, Xbox 360 generation, mm-hmm. and now here it is on uh, current gen console. So it looks amazing. It looks really, really good. Um, but then they had, you know, a, you know, a bunch of summonings, and it looks like the Keyblade can turn into different weapons now. No, I thought it, no. They, they were telling him there's like some kind of like Keyblade Wars. I think there's different Keyblades. Oh yeah, there's different Keyblades, but that we all knew that already, Nick. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're a little <laughs> bit behind on that, <laughs> dude. Did you know that they had Disney characters and Final Fantasy characters? That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's not anything. That's not anything new. That's not. <laughs> that's that's not anything new, Nick. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so. They had a, they had like uh, these these weapons like it looked like the keyblade blade turned into a bazooka for for one of them. It was it was just nice and like there it looks like there's there's gonna be a lot more options in terms of combat. Even though there's already you know a lot of options in combat, if you ask me, it was, it was pretty cool. I I enjoyed the uh, the trailer, even though it it wasn't really it wasn't like short short, but it wasn't that long either. You know, uh, but actually, had no release date either. That was another thing. Uh, that was very noticeable that there was no really, no release date. Um, 
So who who knows when that's going to be here? And even when they announce a release date, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, <laughs> there was a, a couple of delays. Since it's, it's taken forever to get it, you know, just the information that we have out now. Yeah. Uh, besides that, besides that, uh, they showed Hitman again. Uh, this time it went a little bit more in depth. Uh, basically, they had a trailer that basically just explains the way Hitman works. Like, it wasn't really any new information, to be honest with you. Uh, they do have a new mode where um, you can, you'll can you have some targets that are only available for a short amount of time. And once they're... Like, if you... Well, one, you can only... You, you only have so much time to actually try to take them down. If you fail to kill them, they're gone forever. Like, there are no redos. It's over. And uh, however you kill them, that's it. Like, you, there are no redos. Like, there are no retries. You can't try to get, like, a higher score or kill them a different way. So it's like a one and done, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. That's a Hitman fan. Are you a yeah. Hitman fan at all? I thought that was cool, um, but no, I've never played any of the franchise, so. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the thing about Hitman is, like, uh, it's really, I don't know, it's it's about stealth and getting in two locations using various methods and trying to kill people. You know, it's it's good. It's good American fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? They showed Star Ocean, Integrity, and Faithlessness. And I, the last Star Ocean the game I played was a long time ago, right? And I was like, eh, it doesn't really seem like anything I'm going to be interested in. Dude, it actually looks kind of awesome. I, I did and I did think it looked pretty cool. Uh, a lot of fast-paced combat. It's more like an action RPG now. From the last time I played it, it was just like a straight-up RPG RPG, mm. you know? Like, it wasn't anything action. Well, I shouldn't say it wasn't anything action about it. It was just uh, yeah, the way it, it played out before. Uh, it was like a standard RPG, and it was long, man. It was fucking long. I think that's what kind of turned me off to the series was that that RPG. It just felt like uh, it took so long, and it was difficult too. So it was now it was long and difficult. So that was uh, not something that made me want to play it. Uh, so that looked pretty cool. Um, they showed Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, gave some um, information on it. That's two years after Human Revolution. Augmented people are forced to live in ghettos uh, because now people are scared of them. Uh, Jensen is a double agent for a anti-terrorist task force, and once again, just the game looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. The trailer they showed it, it actually got me interested in looking into the game. To be honest with you, so I'll be looking for that. And then after that, the last thing they announced was they announced that they're working on a new RPG, a new Japanese RPG. Uh, they formed a new company called Tokyo RPG Factory. It's a completely new series, coming sometime in 2016, and that's it. That's what they told us about it. You 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 missed... There was another RPG that they announced, and it was... Oh, God, it was two other... It was like two franchises mer- merged together or something. Really? Wasn't there? There was something that had... Like, it was like a combination of, like, fighting and, like, J-pop and... And uh, and like it looked like there was a little bit like high school dating sim in there. I don't know it, at the Square honestly, Conference. I think it was the Square Conference because it, it felt like. And I know what I'm what I'm kind of describing kind of sounds like it could be like any 
franchise, but no, it was, it was like, it was, I, 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 I can't remember what it was, but it, I, I just remember just watching this trailer and just thinking like, this is like, I couldn't figure out what the game was about because it had so many different, like, like, like there was the J-pop and the, like, it, like, it, like, I guess they're high schoolers, but they're also like J-pop stars and they also fight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but. I it don't, just it, it just very felt very quintessentially like Japanese. It's not ringing a bell at all, to be honest with you. It probably wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, not ringing I don't know. A bell I, at like all. I said, I can't even remember. I, I, it was a franchise that I recognized, but I couldn't remember what it was. Um, so it doesn't matter. I just remember that. I just remember that trailer just like confusing me in a way that I didn't care about. <laughs> No, yeah, sorry, I can't not ring a bell. But I'll say Square Enix was definitely the worst of all. It, it just they it felt like ill prepared almost. Yeah, you know, it just felt like ill prepared. It was just like meh. <laughs> that's that's I walked away from it like meh. You know, they needed to come a bit hotter on that one. Yeah, I don't know, but uh. Yeah, and that's though though that's pretty much E three. Like not a lot of I mean, I guess additional details maybe may have come for for some other games after the fact. But it wasn't really like yeah, like it wasn't a lot of announcements going on after. Which thank yeah. that's I guess I should be thankful for that, you know. Because, you know, less to keep less to keep up with. We got most of the information we were looking for. In the first place, yeah. So I don't know. It was a good E3, though, man. Like it was. I think the, the things are looking up. <laughs> like the, the, the things are definitely looking up on the gamescape. You know, I I remember seeing all the leaks that were coming out like ahead of time, and I was thinking like, what are they gonna announce? Like I feel like like because uh, like uh, what like the Ratchet and Clank thing got leaked ahead of time. Yeah. And, uh, and there, there are a few other things that I can't remember. And then that's the whole point is like, I, there were so many things I didn't think I wouldn't know. Like I felt like, Oh, like all the big announcements have been leaked ahead of time. And then no, there was plenty to keep me interested in everything that, 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 uh, everything that was announced. Yeah. Honestly, it's hard to, like, I can't, I honestly can't say somebody had a, like out of the big three, I can't say somebody won. We, we won gamers yes. won this year. We won this year. We all won. And I don't know. I don't think it would have been the same without Microsoft actually pulling their, like I said, pulling their heads out of their ass and getting to work, you know? Getting Phil Spencer. They need. Phil Spencer. Phil, Phil Spencer is the man single-handedly keeping the console wars alive. Yes. <laughs> you were 100% right about that. I said a, a while back, Phil Spencer is the answer. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Phil Spencer is the answer. And he has proving me right here great job phil if he well, if he does his job i will not get a playstation 5 i'll get whatever the heck microsoft puts out instead <laughs> or you can just get both well no i've been i mean i've i've been a, a sony loyalist i've had all four playstations mm. so that if phil, if phil spencer's as good as he's been he can get me to switch which would be impressive that would be impressive what if you could play warcraft on your big tv I can now. Stream like how? Without connecting your it's computer not, to it. Yeah, well, well, that's how. It's a laptop. I just plug in an HDMI cable. 
Yeah. Or we could just stream to it. I've done that. I, I did. <laughs> what is it? I, I, that's what, uh, as soon as I got the laptop, that was like the first thing I did was I plugged it, you know, I put WoW on there, I plugged it into the TV. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, Oof, this this was a good E3. I am very excited for what's coming. There's lots of money going to be spent. It actually helped me. I think it helped me realize that I need to stop playing Destiny too, because <laughs> like yo, know, like it's, I'm not going to have time to play all these games and Destiny. No, I'm not. So, so Destiny's got to go. I don't even feel good about myself playing that game. It's like a drug <laughs> now. It's, it's it really sounds like a bad relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will talk about more about this on N-Orbit. <laughs> so. uh, it's not you, Bungie. It's me. <laughs> uh, no, Bungie. It's you. It's fucking you, Bungie. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to wrap us up for this special edition. This is one hell of a special edition. It is. It is. Like uh, I don't even know how long it's going to be. Definitely over two hours. So, But that's nothing for you guys, right? Right? You know, back to the old school MASH casts. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. But well, uh, to, to be fair, I think everybody's been underserved by their match cast lately. So that is very, very true. Very. This, very this true. is like that first major storm after a drought, and now it's like, oh, there's too much water. Yeah. So we are the match cast still on hiatus for now, but I, I swear we're bringing it back. Uh, we'll I will bring it back. That is a promise. Uh, but um. Yeah, so, like, so the match cast is on hiatus, so obviously that's not every Monday right now. When it comes back, it it, it, uh, it will be, I think. We'll, we'll probably keep that part in it. Uh, but other than that, we still have three other podcasts that we're running monthly. Um, actually, uh, Wild WoW Talk runs bi-monthly. Actually, do you guys have a Wild WoW Talk come up this weekend, Nick? Uh, yeah, next week there will be a Wild WoW Talk. Yeah, so, yeah, we're... Uh, Still putting out at least you know four podcasts a month at this point. You have uh, Double Tap, which is the first uh, first week of every month, which that came out late in June. That came out a week late. That was uh, our fault. Then there was uh, we have In Orbit, which is the second weekend of every month. Which this weekend, well, this month, uh, that second weekend, sorry, second week of every month. This month we decided to hold off simply because it's E three. And we knew that, you know, there was going to be some type of Destiny news, so we might as well just hold off. So we did, and uh, we were right. So typically that's the second week of every month. This week's going to be the third. Uh, then we have WoW Talk, which is bi-weekly, so every other week you will get uh, WoW Talk. And uh, we can catch us on SoundCloud.com slash buttons. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. We are on player.fm. We are on Pocket Casts. We have our, you know, RSS feed in case you don't use any of those methods to get podcasts. You can just put into whatever player you use. And uh, we're on Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons. We are on Twitter.com slash MTB site and YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. So, tons of ways to get in contact with us. If you got something to say or to keep, you know, to keep up with what we're doing. Um, we're working on some things, and uh, we'll definitely keep you in the loop with what's going on there. I don't know. I might just sound a little dead right now because, yeah, we've been talking for three hours, Nick. <laughs> we've basically more, been more, more than three. Well, more than three. That is two. We have been talking more than three because the pre-show does count. No, we we we're we're hit. We're we're about to hit hour four. 
Yeah, so it's it's been a while <laughs> of nonstop talk for us. But thank you for listening. Thank you for enduring, and we hope you enjoyed E three as much as uh, we did. And looking forward to the uh, you know the future uh, in the next year for gaming. I'm looking for E three. I'm looking forward to E three next year. I'm hoping. I'm hoping next year is better than this one. Oh yeah, that would be incredible if it was. That would be incredible. So uh, yeah, we will. Like, you know, just uh, you know, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and we'll let you know when the MASHcast is back but in the meantime check out our other great podcasts and we will catch you guys later have a great week everybody